is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you, 800-259-9231, and it is Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark will be joining us, I think, late this show. I don't remember what his reason was for not being able to be here, but he's not here. So, uh, 800-259-9231. You know, we're a few days late on this story, but... It's not really one of those time-sensitive stories. It's it's based on a real-life event, which happened recently, uh, but I think it's something that, that uh, is kind of interesting. New York, the Associated Press reporting that Matt Murphy could become $500,000 richer if he sells Barry Bonds' record-breaking home run ball. Someone's willing to pay $500,000 for that? That's, that those are the sense. estimates. Nobody's actually put it up for auction, so you'd know when... I mean, that's just what the experts are saying. All right. The college student, however, might just want to hang on to it, even if he is hit with a whopping tax bill. He says, part of me wants to keep it. It's the greatest American sports accomplishment in history. Uh, according to him, part of me might want to sell it, but I'm really leaning towards keeping it. It's just too valuable, too sentimental. Selling the ball for that amount would instantly put Murphy in the the highest tax bracket for individual income, where he would face a tax rate of about 35%, or approximately $210,000 on a $600,000 ball. Even if he doesn't sell the ball, Murphy would still owe the taxes based on a reasonable estimate of its value. Really? So they expect him to pay these taxes whether he keeps the ball just for his own sake, just Isn't in that amazing? or not? That's completely insane. Yes, it is completely insane. And it's just amazing that uh, the American people believe what these criminals are saying to them. And, and when I say these criminals, I mean the IRS. This random group of strangers that sends you mail every year demanding that you fill out their paperwork or else, uh, and then they, you know, demanding cash from you. Right. How, wh- <laughs> this totally doesn't make sense at all because if you caught this ball. And you decided that you hated Barry Bonds. And the reason why you caught the ball was so that you could just show the world your hatred for Barry Bonds. And then you made a you know showing of, I don't know, incinerating the ball in a campfire <laughs> or something like that. Do you still owe the money? Yeah. <laughs> what do you do then? I, what would I, the IRS say to that? I don't know. I mean, unless this guy is a really rich, wealthy already, he can't keep the ball. He's essentially forced not to unless he has He's an a college extra, kid. Unless he has a couple extra $100,000 laying around to I didn't have that when I was in college. I don't think uh, you do either necessarily. Uh, absolutely not. Right. Uh, I mean, it's just nuts, though. I mean, who could possibly who could possibly support this? 800-259-9231 if you are that person. I think there might be a handful of them out there and they all work for the IRS. On the other hand, he said, if the ongoing federal investigation into steroid abuse among professional athletes takes a criminal turn for bonds, the ball's value could go down, which would likely allow Murphy to claim a loss. Murphy said he and his friend nearly missed his historic at-bat because they were getting crab sandwiches at the park at the time. They attended the game because they had a layover in San Francisco on the way to Australia. Wow, what a uh, chance occasion for them. Uh, blah, 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 who's the brother of whoever. Murphy and Kamal bought Giants tickets three, week, uh, three weeks before the game, and then they tell us the story about how they attended the game, which who cares. This just goes to show you that the IRS will get you any way they can. It doesn't matter. If there's a way that they can go after you, they will. I, they Taxing your property, that <laughs> isn't, I mean, it, who's to say it's really worth this much money? I, I'd be amazed to see someone pay for that, but you know what? People pay a lot of money for these sports memorabilia stuff, so well, I, I can, tell I can you. believe that it's definitely could be worth that much money. 
But what if it's not? What if, right. say, he pays the taxes on it, five years down the road <laughs> he goes to sell it, and he gets $100,000 on sure, it? Sure, a fraction he, of the value. He, yeah. he paid $200,000 on it, and he doesn't even recoup his money from the taxes he could pay on it. Well, you asked who's to say, Toby, and it's clear that who's to say is the IRS. Right. In fact, you got to wonder... Um, what is their method for determining the value? Do they get three independent bids from collectible people across the country and then pick the highest one, pick the middle mm-hmm. one? Uh, I mean, how does that work exactly? It's, it seems pretty arbitrary to me. Totally arbitrary. You know, the, I guess apparently what you should do in the event that you are the person, the lucky uh, individual who catches a ball in this sort of a situation or or whatever else, random chance uh, occurrence that you come across something valuable and that people see you doing. Um, obviously, he was on television when he caught the ball. Maybe you should give a fake name. Yeah, sounds, sounds like the right thing to do. My name is John Smith, and I'm so happy I caught this ball. Okay, see you, everybody. You know, don't give any more interviews. Refuse any interviews. Don't give anybody your phone number. Get the hell out of the park. See, I I would think that you'd want to do that anyways, just to get rid of the publicity of uh, some people would think that you're uh, some kind of a poor sport if you sell the ball and get the money if you were a Bonds fan. And then other people would think that you should you should sell the ball because Bonds isn't there. So I can see the giving a fake name for that reason. I never would have thought that you had to give it to stay away from the IRS. So that never would have crossed my mind. Like I could have seen giving a fake name before just to get out of the media in that way. But for the IRS, the real reason you should give your name wouldn't have crossed my mind in the first place. Well, now I'm actually rethinking what I said and I'm concerned because how do you verify? I mean, I'm not a sports nut. So if you can answer this question, 800-259-9231, maybe one of the benefits to giving your real identity at that point is so that you can actually verify to potential buyers that that is, the that that is indeed the ball. Because how else do you know? I mean, these balls aren't individually numbered, are they? I mean, they don't track. I mean, when a pitcher pulls a, a ball to pitch, he doesn't know that's going to be the home run ball. So, you know, how would you be able to prove that this is indeed the Barry Bonds ball. It, it makes it's one of the reasons I don't understand how a ball can be worth five hundred thousand dollars. Because to me, it's like who's to say he didn't just go home, switch the ball, and now he's selling a, another ball. Yeah, great point. I mean, unless you had some sort of uh, maybe there's a process, you know, maybe there's some sort of official guy at the park, like an umpire or somebody like that, that will come by and. You know, you can get him to stamp the ball with some sort of official seal, uh, you know, Major League Baseball seal of approval that this mm-hmm. was indeed the Barry Bonds ball certified here in the park on this date. Um, but, you know, it seems like that's a stretch. I'm making that up as though that would be a way to do it. Do they actually do that? I have no idea. Yeah, I don't I don't really watch sports, so I couldn't tell you much about it. So. You're a big guy. You used to play sports. You're not into, uh, not into watching them? I don't have TV, so I don't I don't really <laughs> like to watch. I, I don't go out to sports. You're like me, because I've, so. I've been in your apartment. You've got a TV, but it's not uh, right. it's not hooked up to cable. It's for the DVD player. That's how I, that's, uh, that's how mine used to be, and, and I like it that way. Oh, me too. I used to have TV, and I just wasted so much time in front of it. And uh, the first month of getting off it was a little bit hard, the withdrawal really? for the what? first month. But ever ever since I've been off it, it's real good. Of course, when I go to someone else's house, I have to sit down. And if they have TV, I sit down, take the remote, and I'm I'm hooked again. But yeah, it's like that, isn't it? <laughs> now I I don't pick up the remote. I try not to pick up the remote. But either way, whenever I am around a television, it sort of has this this draw to it. Oh, yeah. I just want to watch it. I don't care if it's commercials. I'll sit there mm-hmm. and I will watch the commercials and appreciate them. 
for the wonderful artistry and craft that the people that make them put into them. Because some of the, some of the commercials on TV are very, very creative. They're very well done. Um, a n- nice budget, well, sh- well shot uh, as far as the cinematography is concerned. And uh, I'll sit there and just soak it all in. And it's not good. How did you, um, how did you make the decision to pull away from uh, television? Well, it was actually convenient. Um, one of my roommates in college, uh, he was in charge of paying the cable bill. And instead of paying the cable bill, he took the money and spent it on... Other things, so the cable company cut us off. Oh, sweet. <laughs> so, was, so you didn't really have anything to do with it then? No, but then once I moved into my next apartment after that, and then my next apartment after that, I was like, hey, I've lived without cable. I can do it. And it's it's made my life much better, I think. Cable's not cheap either, right? I mean, oh, was it like 50 bucks, 70 bucks a month? If you're getting above basic cable, yeah, it's it gets up there. So that adds up. I mean, you're dealing with, uh, I mean, at 50 bucks a month, you're dealing with over 500, 600 bucks a year. So money, money that can go towards other things, and not to mention Absolutely. the time. I mean, just even That's, today when right. I go to people's houses and I sit down and I watch some TV, it's no time. A couple hours has gone by. The day's over, and um, I didn't get much done except sit in front of a TV. <laughs> and nothing can be worse as far as um, quality time with friends. It's it's. I mean, I don't know if there's any worse way to spend time with friends than sitting around watching television. Oh yeah, talking about a whole lot. <laughs> Right, because there isn't a lot of talking that goes on when the TV's on. From time to time, you can discuss the, you know, whatever's going on on the set. But usually it's just people watching TV and being silent. Pretty and much. Very antisocial. Yeah. I, how is that creating relationships? How is that you know, improving your life? It's, it's just spending time. And that's not good. 800-259-9231. So if you want to comment on the baseball thing or tell us how you kicked the TV habit, or if you want to tell us about your current TV habit, you're welcome to do that or bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line for you. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are totally free. We've got archives. An entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the site, for your downloading convenience. You just go and get them for free. That's freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. Org 800-259-9231 to the Amp Line and Puke in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live, Puke. Good evening, guys. Hey there. Um, you were talking about uh, this crazy baseball thing, and uh, yeah. uh, you were asking how much would somebody pay for a baseball. Right. Well, if you recall several years ago, Mark McGuire, uh, there was a big thing with him uh, hitting 70 home runs or something in a season. Okay. And uh, the comic book artist and Toy creator Todd McFarlane paid $2.7 million for that baseball. Holy. Wow. So, wow. There you go. <laughs> that, that is amazing. Now, do you so, know anything about this? You know, how do you prove what baseball it is? Do you have to give your real name when they when you catch it, or what's the system there? I have no idea how that works. Um, I assume it's just, you know, and there's cameras everywhere, and it shows the guy catching the ball, and he shows up later, I suppose. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not, a, I'm not a sports fan. I just... I just happen to know that this guy paid $2.7 million for a uh, baseball. That's so. incredible. So do you think that this uh, this ball might be worth more than that? I have no idea. I mean, it, it could be. Uh, the reason he paid 2.7 is because the uh, it was kind of a bidding war and an auction. Sure. 
like some auction house. So, I mean, there's, there's no real way to tell. And I'm sure that the IRS has no flipping idea how much it's really worth. They're probably just pulling numbers out of their butt so yeah, they can they just charge want some, this guy money. Right. They just want some cash. Thanks for the call, no, Puke. Appreciate no hearing from you. 800-259-9231. And I don't think he should pay it. Oh, I absolutely don't either. I don't think I don't think he's going to be able to unless he sells the baseball. And right. if he does, I I support him his right not to pay. Right? Wouldn't that be crazy? I mean, he gets this, catches this baseball that's very very valuable. Decides to hold on to it for whatever sentimental purposes. Right. Let's say he never wants to sell it. Then he's just got a baseball. It's not, you know, maybe it is valued at five hundred thousand dollars, but. It's sitting on his mantle place, not doing anything for him. Meanwhile, the IRS is towing his car because he can't pay taxes right. on it. Then he's going to go to a jail cell because he loves this baseball so much, and he's a college kid who doesn't happen to have $200,000 in the bank. He right. could just whip out and cut a check uh, to the IRS, too. I mean, it's just utter insanity how far we've gone in this country. In fact, uh, I was talking with briefly with Jim Babka today from DownsizeDC.org. It's been a while since we've had him on the show. Should be coming on hopefully uh, sometime this week to give us Excellent. the latest on what they're doing there. But I mean, I think Jim's getting kind of fed up with all this BS, and you know, he's uh, he's getting ready with a, I guess a new campaign called the "I'm Not Afraid" campaign, which we're, I'm pretty excited to talk about. And he was pointing out in one of his recent emails how that you know the the burden of taxation that we have today would have been so completely unacceptable to the founding fathers. Mm-hmm. Just. I mean, what, what they were they were protesting and rebelling over a few percentages in yeah, taxation. The Tea Party, the Boston Tea Party, wasn't that like a one percent something tax like on tea or something? Yeah. I mean, it's just nuts. And if anybody can, also, they were protesting the fact they were being taxed without representation. Oh, so but they, we have representation, so it's, <laughs> it's okay. Absurd. Now, right? We don't have representation. <laughs> We've got just a bunch of criminals wearing suits in Washington D.C. Let's go to Chris in Indianapolis, listening on the internet. Chris, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hi, uh, I was calling to talk about the uh, watch, not watching TV. Yes. I haven't, I haven't watched. Well, I haven't had television in I think close to like uh, more than a year. It's been like I don't know, a little while. But and, and what have you noticed? <laughs> I don't know. I, I noticed like I'll go to my friends and like watch all the races and games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh. I don't know. I I kind of think I'm watching TV like all all my buddies they play video games and like I mean that's watching TV, you know, you're sitting there and you're watching them play and it's, it's true. like if you're watching TV so. Well, I mean I still consume television programming content uh and just do it online and through uh through DVD, but it's it's not near as much as I used to when I when I did have television. Yeah. And for me it's not having not having it right there because if it's right there there's going to be access. times when I'm going to have it. If I'm tired at night I can't sleep, I'm going to go flip on the tube, but but if it's yeah, not think, there I just won't watch it. I think it's like the 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 I don't know, the programming and stuff like that. People have certain shows they really like. Yeah. Oh, and there's know. nothing wrong with enter- with entertaining yourself. I'm not saying that you're a bad person for having a television. I'm just suggesting that in the absence of having cable or or satellite that you can just, as Toby's saying, just sit down and flip on and flip through the channels just to, to suck away your time, you'll find yourself with more time. And if you want to fill that time by going out for a jog or sitting down and playing video games, it's certainly up to you. Um, I just think that uh, those who are without television, they've got a lot more time on their hands that they can, well, they can oh. be a little more choosy with what they do. That's true. That's absolutely true. Chris, thanks for the call, man. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. 
you know, there's uh, if you don't have the TV, then you aren't up at two in the morning. You aren't watching the infomercial about uh, you know, whatever the hell they are about these days. I don't know. You know, buy it now. Free easy payments of nineteen ninety nine. You know, that's <laughs> that sort of crap. That's that's definitely the kind of programming you don't need to be watching. Well, I actually have bought one of those things <laughs> in you the buy? middle of the night. I I bought. Oh, some kitchen knives once that I really shouldn't have bought, but at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> that ad really enticed what, me. What what did it cost? Like twenty bucks? Oh, there were like three easy payments of uh, only thirteen ninety nine mm-hmm. for all these knives, but the extra ones. It says always, but wait, there's more. There's always something else. Yeah, <laughs> so it's great. I don't want to down TV too much because I am on, do TV, so I do want sure. people to still consume the cable because you can't get. You're on television. Right. FreeMindsTV.com is uh, is his website. He produces his own television program on a once a week basis here in Keene, uh, which I think is excellent. And your your following on the internet continues to grow, which is great. Well, it's a lot of fun. I don't want to down TV too much, but moderation and everything. <laughs> You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. Moderation in everything. I've got a story that definitely ties into that. Americans have a bit of a issue, apparently some of them, with their coffee drinking. Oh, yes. I, I saw the story. The story of the overdose girl? Yes. Yeah. Uh, this was amazing. <laughs> From the Daily Mail in the United Kingdom, a teenage waitress overdosed on caffeine after drinking 14 shots of espresso. Jasmine Willis who's 17, could hardly breathe and was taken to a hospital with a high temperature and heart palpitations. She had drunk almost three times the recommended daily amount of caffeine in just four hours. Ms. Willis, who is a student, was working part-time out in her father Gary's recently opened sandwich bar. Uh, She began her coffee binge Wednesday after getting only five hours sleep the previous night. She said, I decided to have a double espresso to perk me up. It did the trick, so I had one after another, and they seemed to be working. I felt great, as if I could take on the world. By noon, she was feeling unwell and crying and laughing uncontrollably in front of bewildered customers. Miss Willis said, My nerves were jangling. Tears were streaming down my face. People kept asking me if I was all right. Her father sent her home, but by the following morning, she couldn't feel her lips and was struggling to breathe. She spent several hours under observation at the University Hospital of North Durham where the caffeine overdose was diagnosed. She said, I was drenched and burning up and hyperventilating, having heart palpitations. It was beating so fast, I think I was going into shock. So, again, here's the lesson. All things in moderation, right? We need a law against caffeine. Don't overdo it. And I'm surprised there's nobody in this article who's calling for that. Uh, 800-259-9231. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. George Phillies is the right candidate for president, a serious, well-educated candidate who stands for the basic principles of liberty and the basic principles of this nation. Paid for by Phillies 2008. This is George Phillies, libertarian for president. I approved of this message. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site we give away, including the wiki, over 1,400 pages created by listeners just like you. Uh, somebody emailed me recently about a, like a missing link on the wiki or somebody who had put up one of the old archives had accidentally put the wrong link to it and said, well, this was the wrong link. And I said, sorry, it's 
There's 1,400 pages on that wiki. I can't give you any tech support for what's gone wrong. In fact, um, if you see something that's wrong, then you could just change it. That's the beauty of it. You go and you click the edit button, and as long as it's not the very front page of the site, uh, that which is that's the only part that's restricted for obvious vandalism reasons. But if something's wrong, just go and change it. You don't need need my permission or my yeah. help with that. And add more. Exactly. So uh, get on it. It's free. Wiki.freetalklive.com. W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. And SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. So their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's one eight hundred five four four six three five nine four. SACL CAI. As we go to the phones and to the fun, Daniel in California. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Daniel. Hi. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm a big Ron Paul supporter, and I've been following him really closely. You know, because uh, I'm one of the few uh, suppose that know that he's uh, one of the last hopes of America. But anyways, I was watching the um, straw poll online, the Iowa straw poll recently. And I was kind of thrown back because if you watch the very beginning when he's getting the Ron Paul's getting all that applause, you can actually see him throw up the um, New World Order sign. Oh come on now! Are you... I am not kidding. I, I looked at it, stopped it uh, to make sure that I. What is the him... New World Order sign? Are you talking about the hook and horns? The, one you, the pinkies up in the air and the first fingers up in the air with the two middle fingers do you, down. Do you understand that out. that is also the sign of the football team and also the sign for uh, for heavy metal rockers? I mean, you understand that, right? No, I didn't know that. Right. Well, See, I've been throwing up that sign a lot. I didn't even know it was the New World Order yeah, sign. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the, the the conspiracy crowd, they've got all kinds of things that they, oh, no, he's got to hook him horns. He's showing his, <laughs> the devil sign. He's evil. He's satanic. I mean, you've got to be kidding me, right? No, no, no. I mean, I, I'm not saying, I mean, like I said, I am a Ron Paul supporter, and I believe in everything he says. I mean, I just, yeah. I've seen that, and, you know, I I watched the first time I actually seen that sign was on one of Alex Jones's uh, documentaries. I think it was um, right now. Look, Alex Jones may be a really nice guy. I don't know. I don't know him in person. I've seen his documentaries too, and I don't know if you can even call them documentaries because there's a lot of uh, uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theory in there as well as some documentation. Uh, but you know, to suggest that well, Alex Jones videos are the source of all things that are correct and uh, valid is just not the case. I mean, he's speculating just as much as anybody else is. And Yeah, but I also believe that he's telling a lot more truth than most people are. Well, you know, if you want to follow your... Um your suspicions here, we could really go down the rabbit hole if you want to. I mean, you could suggest that, well, because Ron Paul gave the New World Order sign, then he must be part of the New World Order, which of course would make sense in that he has been in office for nine terms because mm-hmm. the New World Order certainly wouldn't let so you know wouldn't let somebody into Washington D.C. without no, 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 having no, no. vetted them try- first. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that at all. I'm only merely pointing out that I've seen that. That's it. Right. Oh. So I mean, so if, if you're just pointing it out, there's a reason for you pointing it out, and that is to uh, because to... I've seen it. That's the reason. Right. Period. It's not because I think he's part of the New World Order. It's simply because I've seen it. But what if what if it turned out he was? Mm, I doubt that. Well, why? I mean, he's been in Washington for uh, for nine terms. Well, and... be- because looking at it, look at his record. You know, you look at his record. He never voted for. Maybe any kind that's of... because he's just been setting everybody up 
to win the 2008 election yeah. so he can go in there and completely vote in favor of tyranny. Maybe that's and, what's and happening, you, huh? And you say you don't believe in... It's Alex a grand Jones. New World Order plot. I'm just going <laughs> you out... You go as far as you want to yeah, go. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just going down the rabbit hole with you, man. I mean, it's just craziness, if you ask me. I, I think Ron, Ball's, uh, Ron Paul is a pretty stand-up guy. I've never met him personally, but yes, I, I agree with you that his voting record is, uh, is stellar, and uh, I don't believe what I was just telling you. I was just making it up because anybody can make up conspiracy theories. I hear you. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it, David. 800-259-9231. I mean, does that mean that everyone in a, who's ever been in a heavy metal band or a rock concert is also a member of the New World Order? They just didn't know it. See, if they had known... And then there's, uh, I don't remember what the football team is, but there's some sort of Texas college football team that mm-hmm. has that right. symbol. And They're all a part of it. Uh, Ron Paul's from Texas. Ron Paul is from Texas, and George Bush, who has also been photographed giving that oh uh, symbol, gosh. is also from Texas. So See, this is how conspiracy theories are made. It's right. it's just one chain of events after another chain of events, all speculation, and you can believe as much as you want to believe. You can go down that rabbit hole as much as you are willing to go down. Everybody has their limits. Mine are just a little before at most like some of the conspiracy theories. My I stop before we go down that go down that far. Yeah, the conspiracy people they they really don't you're right they do have each of them has their own specific limit but many of them just keep going. They'll just take anything and, and run with it. Uh like there are the people that say that the I guess the architecture in Washington, D.C. is influenced by the Illuminati, and there are secret mm-hmm. evil, satanic uh, you know, designs in the designs of the ways the buildings are set up. And if you look closely, you'll see a swastika and you know, all kinds of just you know, outlandish claims. Yeah. And so what, right? I mean, maybe, maybe the Illuminati did build Washington, D.C. Does that have any bearing on what goes on today? I mean, I... I don't know and I don't care. You see, I don't care if it's true that they're all linked in with some big uh, black cloak conspiracy meeting in dark secret rooms, smoke-filled rooms in the backs of you know their offices. I, I, it doesn't matter to me because I know what's happening is that the government's getting bigger and more intrusive. I don't care if the reason is that they're all members of a secret club that meets out in the forest in Bohemian Grove, California and sacrifices babies to the evil god Moloch. I don't care what the reason for it is. I don't care what the backstory is, because you can get mired down in all that garbage. What matters to me is what's happening, what I can tangibly look and see in the news, yep. that uh, you've got the Patriot Act, that you've got all kinds of, you know, the Military Commissions Act, all of these things that are empowering the government to destroy more liberties. And you've got the American people that, is, that has essentially been brainwashed by the government education system to think this is just all A-OK. You had that guy call your show on Friday, which was just amazing. Yeah. Uh, Cowboy was his name. Yeah, he wanted to put cameras in people's houses. Yeah, so right. he'd have no problem putting a camera in his house. What's he have to hide? You're right. He didn't have any. No big deal. Government could watch me do anything. I, it, it didn't matter to him. And so it's that sort of mentality that we need to be working against. We need to, to be uh, communicating with Everyday, Amer- everyday average Americans and uh, converting them via logic and, um, and, and, and persuasive um, points to come on board with the liberty movement. And persuading people to join the liberty movement doesn't involve at all 
conspiracy theory. Right. You don't have to bring out the theories. You're just going to scare most people away and they're going to blow you off and everything else you have to say. I mean, there's so many horrible things that are going on in America that this government is proud of and Mm -hmm. holds up for everybody to see that they're proud of it. Why not point out some of those uh, those arguments? Right. Then you don't have to bicker because then you don't have to bicker over whether or not what you're saying is true. Right. If you're talking about things that are accepted by everyone as being true. If the Illuminati was out in the open, uh, seemingly no one would care about it. <laughs> well, but it's because it's secretive, we have right. all these conspiracy theories about it. I well, don't they know. they supposedly have videos of the people worshipping this uh, owl god in yeah. the middle of the forest in California. I mean, I've seen the video footage, and mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting, but so? Seems like a nice vacation spot to me. Yeah, I mean, who cares if they're... I mean, it doesn't matter to me what these... Crackpots' religious beliefs are the people in Washington D.C. Uh, I don't care if they want to go and sacrifice things in front of some uh, god, and they're not sacrificing babies; they're sacrificing I don't know some sort of icon. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even a real thing. So if you want to go and be, you know, have a crackpot religion, that's your business. And I think all religions are crackpots. So to suggest that because they're in the middle of a forest with some statue isn't any more crazy than people that get into uh, a church and read. Uh, you know, sing hymns out of an old book. I mean, to me, it's all the same. Right. Um, 800-259-9231. The point being that liberty is the message that is persuasive. Liberty, talking about liberty and talking about how people will benefit from liberty is how you get people on board, not conspiracy theory. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up anything. The show is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Ian here with you. And Toby. 800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then you should shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Now, as of today, there have been a few minor changes that I've made to the Amazon link uh, because we've had... Emails coming in within the last month or so from our international listeners. In fact, they've been bothering you know bothering me about it, and I don't mean bothering. They're poking and prodding me about it to do something uh, on this issue for several months. And I finally got around to doing the first one, and I, uh, I made it so UK listeners could also use their local Amazon. And then Canadian listeners could also use their local Amazon. And, uh, and now German listeners can now use their local Amazon. I actually had to go through and use a translator in order to sign up for the the affiliates program there, but I got it to work. And so now we offer Amazon coverage in four countries. So we've got the U.S., the U.K., Canada, and Germany. And so because that was just getting too burdensome, like I had AmazonUS.FreeTalkLive.com, AmazonUK.Free... You can't get on the air and promote all that. So... Now, if you go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, it takes you to a page on our website where you'll see four flags, and then you click on the flag for your country, and it'll take you to the appropriate site. So Pretty simple still? Yeah. Um, and, and all of the direct links are still available, so if you just want to go straight to your country's site, you can just put in the two-letter country code after Amazon.FreeTalk, you know, AmazonUK.FreeTalkLive.com will get you right there. Um, either way, if you go to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com and enter through those links, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. It's a great way to get the things that you need for life at a great price already and uh, free Super Saver shipping on many of the items that they sell. So um, get your shopping done. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones and talk to Stefan in Oklahoma. Stefan, you're on Free Talk Live. What's up, guys? Hey, what's on your mind? How's it going? 
Hey, man, I just want to talk about these uh, conspiracy theories. Yes, you sir. About earlier. So, uh, you know, I, I don't subscribe to all this this crazy stuff that they come up with, but uh, but a lot of times they, they do ask some in- interesting questions, um, <clears throat> like supposedly some of these hijackers are still alive from 9-11 and yeah, I saw that story, and then right. I saw the rebuttal to it, which the rebuttal claims that uh, all they did was they found guys with the same names. You know, right? Okay, yeah, it's I like didn't read that. it's like saying that uh, Pedro Gonzalez is the only Pedro Gonzalez in the world, when of course that's obviously not the case. Right. So, you know, <clears throat> I guess my point is, uh, you know, they'll they'll make these claims, but I think it's still worth checking out. You know what I mean? But just as long as you keep yourself. As long as you you know have some sort of reserve and and you know and understand that it's probably not true and right and what sure. what I find like I do I find them interesting still and maybe if I have some extra time or something I'll look into one but it will be for entertainment value for, absolutely right. for my own that, right I don't I'm not going to go there say. and find information that I'm going to go and spew out to other people to try to get them to like liberty and freedom because it just doesn't work out that right. way very well. Right. There are That's defi- what I was going to say about Alex Jones' uh, uh, documentaries, I guess, with quotation marks, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, is that they are good for uh, entertainment. You know, they do have entertainment value. Oh, I agree 100%. I will, I'll make a point of watching the new, whatever, whenever Alex Jones comes out with a new documentary, I'll watch it because he right. is a talented guy. I mean, he oh, is yeah. entertaining as hell. I mean, it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I love that style of journalism where it's sort of that Michael Moore in-your-face style. I can't stand Michael Moore, personally. It's shocking. Right, uh, yeah. But, you know, I love it when Alex Jones gets out with his bullhorn and yells at cops or, you know, right. yells at uh, some bureaucrat or whatever. I mean, that's, yeah, that's fun awesome. stuff to watch. But to take it, it too seriously, uh, to, you know, fall down the rabbit hole as it may be and then go right, and I, spend I, 500 I, hours researching the theories is uh is nuts in my right, opinion. Right, I think that's pretty, that's actually dangerous, you know, uh in addition to being a waste of time. But I'll tell you a good documentary, you know, I'm an atheist as well and and uh I'll tell you a good documentary was uh, the Zeitgeist movie. I don't know if yes, you've heard of that. Yes, yes, uh in and fact I part, I also enjoyed the first half hour very much right, of that. Right, that movie. was awesome. So You know, the there's it's basically three it's kind of like three documentaries wrapped up in one and people can watch right. it for free at zeitgeistmovie.com but uh the th- the first half hour is them d- this just the guys just crushing uh Christianity as just this right. myth. And if, if you actually go and look at all those those uh those uh, uh, deities from you know from from past civilizations. Mm-hmm. I mean, most they, they really did their homework on that part of it. So absolutely, it was I was I was just blown away. I mean, as also an, as an atheist, I was blown away by the information they presented. Um, they basically right. pointed out. I mean, for those that aren't going to take the time to watch it, they pointed out that uh, the the whole Jesus concept is essentially a ripoff of it's, it's older ancient. religions. Right. It's ancient. You know. I mean, there was literally hundreds. Of gods that that fit right into that exact story, you know. Yep, and it's that, because that it's, it's like a template, you know. Right. Well, it's because of the uh, the source, which is the uh, the stars, astronomy, and the constellations, which is where they uh, basically stole. I mean, that's where the ideas came from originally for the original gods, and then the people that wrote the Bible just you know, hacked up those old religions, put uh, put a couple new names in uh, in replace uh, to replace the older names, like replacing right. Horus with Jesus, and uh, instead of making uh, making him the sun god, making him the actual son of God, that sort of thing. I mean, there's there's a few minor changes, but it ties right into the fact that uh, we've already we already knew or we've already talked about on Free Talk Live how Christianity ripped off many of its symbols from paganism, uh, the, right, the yeah, fish it's, symbol, it's the Christmas new, tree, know? the whole Christmas holiday stolen from paganism. Oh, well, it was right, easier you know, to get them to convert that way. I mean, you don't right, need to give you know, them a holiday. 
I'll give it to those guys, man. They they have figured out the perfect business plan. I mean, tax free. <laughs> they get, they don't really do anything, and they get all this money for it. You know, I mean, hell. I, I'd do it, too, if I'd have thought of it first. Yeah, I thought of it myself, and then I realized that I'm too honest to, uh, to run yeah, a business like that. You wouldn't want like to that. hurt people, you know. That's, that's the thing. Is it, it, I think it really is, is, is really, really bad for your for your uh, for psychology or somebody's psyche, you know. It's I agree. And, and, and some people would argue the opposite of that, you know. Uh, and by the way, thank you for the call. We really appreciate it, Stefan. Some people would argue the opposite. They would say that, well, you know, people need religion. They need something to believe in. Uh, you need to give them something bigger than them to believe in so they can live their lives as happy little people and think they're going to go somewhere when they die. You know, I might be some of that person for some people. I know my mom, she made up her own religion. She gets a lot from it. <laughs> I mean, she, she, she can understand that it's all made up but she still likes it and she enjoys it so for her it works for her. i although i would i would definitely take stefan's side on that and that is that if you don't uh you know maybe there are people that are that way but i firmly believe that if you could help them understand that you've been lied to but that's depressing yeah well i mean i understand that but then you get over it and then uh you know uh <laughs> embrace your life for what it is understand that you've only got so many years to to do something with your life do something positive get out there and and make a difference in the world and that's what that's what counts and that's what matters i mean that's what they do anyway with their religions they want to be good people and everything so they can go off to some magical place in the sky um just be a good person anyway you don't need a, an old book around to to tell you how to run your life. Yeah, the problem I find with the religion is because it, it really does, all in the big picture of things, do more harm than good, usually. When you look at major religions, it usually has hurt more people than it's helped. I mean, yes, there is good charity work done by religion. And, no doubt about it. But there's also looking through the pages of history, what do we fight our wars about? What, what do people die yeah. about all the time? And it usually comes back to religion. My God versus your God. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's sad. That's why I, I'm against organized religion. I'm not necessarily against religion, just organized religion. And I'm currently agnostic just because I, I haven't cared to look into it myself or otherwise. So I'm with you, man. <laughs> I totally understand. And uh, so uh, anyway, 800-259-9231 is the Sakel CAI toll free line for you. So that's got to be a shock. I really enjoyed Zeitgeist because, um, you know, the second part is sort of your standard run-of-the-mill 9-11 conspiracy theory. If you've seen an Alex Jones movie, then you've seen that. Uh, but then the third part is about the money system, which is pretty – It's that's always good information to get people. But I found, found it interesting because a lot of the people that will get suckered into the conspiracy theory movement are also very, very devoutly religious people. And I don't want to paint them all with the same brush, but that's just sort of the impression I get from some of the, the calls that I hear and that sort of thing. You had Paula who would call all the time. Paula's a perfect example, yes. yeah. Um, and so – to to have a, a half an hour on on the front of a conspiracy theory movie just debunking Christianity is that's got to be that's got to be a shock to the system for some people. What what do, what does a Christian say to themselves? I mean, how do they protect their belief systems? Because you know how there's this psychological response, and I don't know what it's called, but basically you want to protect your belief system, so you sort of you Shut let down. the information just pass through you. You don't actually really proce- uh, process right. it, or you deny it, deny it, deny it, and it makes you feel good by denying the information. Mm-hmm. What, is that what they typically do when they see something that's just that belief system challenging? It must be. It doesn't even get processed, because um, when something doesn't fit into someone's schema, their, their worldview on how they believe the world works, they can't fit it in, so they just dismiss it without even thinking about it. So I I don't know. I've never actually talked to one of these, some uh, devoutly religious person who also 
buys into the 9-11 stuff who's watched this, so I couldn't tell you what they're thinking, but it seems they must just... I wasn't even necessarily asking about uh, about what the conspiracy theories thought. I was talking about religious people in general. When they come across that really basic, easy-to-understand comparison between, okay, here are the old Egyptian gods well, and these the old gods. Well, that's the devil tricking you. And, uh, right, there you go. There you go. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. You can bring up anything. Hour 2 is on the way. Eric in Michigan, Amplifier Call. We'll take your calls about anything. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number two of the program, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the website we give away, so enjoy those on us. That again, freetalklive.com. Roll right into the phone calls. Let's go to Eric in Michigan. Eric, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey there. Hey, fellas. Hey, what's on your mind? I'd like to say that I completely agree with your position on Christianity. It just can't be true because obviously they stole from earlier religions. Well, I mean, you could argue that the earlier religions were true, I suppose. Uh, oh, but... no, no, no. They're all ridiculous. But uh, <laughs> yeah. I'd just like to say that for the same reason, I don't believe in evolution because it's quite obvious that Darwinists stole their ideas from Al-Jahiz and Anaximander of the 4th century B.C. So it can't be true. Hmm. I'm not too familiar with that, uh, but I really, personally, I don't care about evolu- evolution or how the planet started or any of that stuff. What I care about is what's going on now and uh, and on into the future. I'm simply, simply suggesting the fallacy of negating something's validity based on earlier. Well, that's, uh, I'm not. Ideas. I'm not necessarily. I see where you're coming from on that, but uh, you know, the fact is, those who claim that a god exists, it's the burden of proof is on them to prove their claim. So. I mean, the, the the fact that you bring that up doesn't actually prove mm-hmm. anything about the existence of a god. No, it's, it's just that's one of the arguments against uh, religion in general that I hear quite frequently, and it is uh, a fallacy in and of itself. Fair I was enough. wondering, actually, what you think about uh, God or how the universe got started in general, if you don't believe in a god, as you don't. I have no opinion. But, yeah, Toby, no opinion your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't care all that much. I'm here now. I mean, it's not something that I want to devote my time worrying about. I've seen... Uh, a lot of religious people who who just get all worked up about this, and I, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad there are people out there that find that interesting enough to devote their lives to it, but it uh, doesn't really seem to me to have any bearing on what's going on yeah. in, in our lives today. I don't, I'm not saying that there isn't a God, and I'm not saying there is one. I, I don't know, and right now in my life, I just don't care. No, it's really more of a scientific proposition. I was just wondering if you thought that you What do you think, felt- Eric? Uh, I believe in a god, um, more of a deist type thing. Not quite sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I figure everything had to get started somewhere, and some people argue that the universe itself could be a self-evident being, but that doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Well, then, of course, the next, I mean, if you believe in a god, then, the, of course, the question would be, then, who created god, right? Where did it all start? We did, have to have what? some self-evident being to create the first thing. That's the trouble, and I just yeah. figure it would be a conscious I feel like it's all, whatever it is, whatever the answer is, it's beyond our comprehension. That's mm-hmm. what I think the case mm-hmm. is. So Generally, I would agree. Eric, thanks for the call, man. Thanks Appreciate so it. 800-259-9231, which is yet another reason to not even bother trying to comprehend it. I mean, right. We're just little ants right. on this one little planet. The hell do we know? Our feeble minds could never understand it. Exactly. Let's go to Gene, the Christian anarchist, who said he's going to rip us up. Gene, calling hey, from yeah. Tennessee. As one ant to another, I'm going I'm to rip apart your silly argument that because the earlier 
religions talked about a sun god, and Jesus is a ripoff of that because he's the son of God. And I'm not even going to use any Bible quotes. And before I rip you apart, I'm going to caution you to pay attention to what you're reading and run it through your logic centers of your brain before you accept it. I mean, even if it, if it supports your preconceived notion, which your preconceived notion is that there is no God, just run it through the logic centers first before you uh, accept it. I don't care who wrote it. All right, so give, me your best, give me your best shot, Gene. What do you got? Okay. You tell me where you got that argument that Jesus, being the Son of God, is a ripoff of sun gods. Well, there's uh, there's all kinds of uh, I guess websites out there. Uh, the the movie was the Zeitgeist movie. That that's actually uh, how I first came across it. Um, I have since been pointed to a, a handy dandy little chart that's on the internet that uh, actually compares the uh, the two uh, okay. deities. All right, here I'm going to rip you apart. All right, <laughs> and don't take it personal. That's fine. You know, I like you a lot. That's I think fine, you're G. a great a great host. But listen, what language on this planet does the term relating to the ball in the sky and the term relating to a male offspring sound alike. What language is that? The uh, the sun, uh, right, English. That would be English. English language. Now, yeah. what language is Christianity based upon? Hebrew? It's based upon mostly Aramaic, because that's what Jesus spoke. Uh, Allegedly. Also, yes. So you've got Aramaic, you've got Greek, and you have Hebrew. Now, mm -hmm. in which of those languages does the ball in the sky sound like an, a male offspring? I couldn't tell you, man. I would not be able to tell you either, but I can guarantee you that English is the only language that you're going to hear that. You, well, now, hold on a second, Gene. You, you understand this is deeper than just sun and sun. This goes far deeper no, than that. No, it and isn't the, the... deeper, because the sun sounds like the sun, and that is the only thing that makes any uh, any agreement between those two terms is the sound of the words. Now, you cannot show me another language where the sound of those two different objects is going to be the same. So it is a ridiculous argument. Run it through your logic centers of your head. It only works in the English language. Okay, that's fine, Gene. But that, that, okay, so, that's so the fine. Whole argument but is out the window. And, and that wasn't my argument. argument. But you're spouting that as one of your things that proves that Christianity is a ripoff of previous religions. I now, see. I just showed you that that argument doesn't hold Fine. Water. That's fine, Gene. What about all the other ones? What about all the other comparisons between uh, gods like Horus? I all the other comparisons. I ran this one through the logic right. centers of my brain. You, you got me on that one, Gene. You that it is not yes. true. So you have to look at everything That's critically. fine. The fact is, they've ripped off uh, older religions, and they, uh, they, they basically they changed a few minor details, and that was just one of the examples that I gave you. I could says go down who? the laundry says list, Gene. Who? Says who? Who is your authority that they ripped that off? The same guy who said that the Son Who's, of God... <laughs> who the hell wrote the Bible? I mean, we don't know who that was, oh, and I'm sure I could God go... God wrote the Bible, I'm Ed. sure spouting these things without researching them. Hey, I do as because much research as anybody else does. I'm on an internet website, Gene. <laughs> See what I'm saying to you? You didn't run it through your logic centers. You didn't check it out yourself. You're just re reciting what you heard from somebody else. But the fact is, it's darn interesting. And Gene, thanks for the call. We appreciate You're hearing welcome. from you. Uh, I'll give you some more examples then, and you can go do your own research. It's not, you know, I'm sorry, I don't have time to go dig through old tomes here. Uh, but as far as the actual citations, there are references on this website. Uh, the website I'm pulling this from is religioustolerance.org. Uh, I can't give you the rest of the HT or the rest of the the URL. It's not worth. Um, 
giving to you because you won't be able to write it down. Anyway, uh, let me give you a few more comparisons here. We're comparing the god of Horus to Jesus. And I actually read a few of these a couple weeks ago on the show. So I'll skip the ones that I read earlier. And we'll talk about the, again, just the striking similarities. Um, Let's see. Horus came of age with a special ritual when his eye was restored, uh, while Jesus was taken by his parents to a temple for what is today called a bar mitzvah ritual. Uh, Both of them were age 12 at the time of their ritual. And then after uh, that age, there was no data on either of those gods between ages 12 and 30. They're just... Nothing there. Uh, The baptism, both of them were baptized. One of them was in the river Eridanus, the other in a different river. Both happened to be age 30 at uh, the age of baptism. The, let's see, uh, the fate of the baptizer, the the guy that actually did the baptizing, both of them were beheaded uh, beheaded in both stories. Uh, The temptation, Horus was taken from the desert of Amenta up a high mountain by his arch rival, Sut. Sut was also known as Set and was a precursor for the Hebrew Satan. In the Jesus story, he was taken from the desert in Palestine up a high mountain by his arch rival, Satan. The result of the temptation? Horus resisted the temptation. And what did Jesus do? He resisted the temptation as well. How many followers did Horus have? Twelve disciples. Jesus? Twelve disciples. Uh, Horus walked on water, cast out demons, healed the sick, restored sight to the blind, and he stilled the sea by his power. Jesus walked on water, cast out demons, healed the sick, restored sight to the blind, and ordered the sea with a peace be still command. But in all fairness, wouldn't uh, someone who had almighty powers do all those things, no matter which religion they came from? Horus raised Osiris, his dead father, from the grave. Jesus raised Lazarus from the grave. Uh, And then, let's see, there's more here. Transfigured on a high mountain. Uh, Both of them were. Key addresses the Sermon on the Mount for Horus, Sermon on the Mount for Jesus, and the Sermon on the Plain. Method of death? Gee, both of them were crucified. Uh, They were accompanied by two thieves, and they were both buried in a tomb. After death, they descended into hell, resurrected after three days, though Jesus was about 30 to 38 hours, so it covered parts of three days. Um, The resurrection was announced by women, and the future... Horus was expected to reign for a thousand years in the millennium, and Jesus for a thousand years in the millennium. So what you're telling me is it doesn't matter which god I worship. I'll just still well, be... Well, the, the religious people will tell you it matters. The religious people will tell you that you either worship their god or you're going to hell, and that's, of course, a whole other issue. 800-259-9231. Guess what? People want to talk about religion now, so we'll go to your calls about whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Lots of features, all totally free. Updates included. You get signed up, and we'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the program. You'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. That's updates.freetalklive.com. As the dollar continues to drop, precious metals rise. Make the trend your friend by subscribing to the International Speculator. Go to d2z.org and add the right precious metal mining stocks to your portfolio. That's d2z.org. Let's go to the phones and to the fun. Ladies first, April in Montana, listening on KGEZ. Hello, April. Hey, you know, um, Christmas and Easter are both basically the reason that we celebrate them the times of year that we do are because they were basically uh, when the Christians were trying to get the pagans in Europe to change to Christianity, 
the Christians, the pagans, were celebrating the nativity of the sun god, which was and the solstice, which mm-hmm. before the Julian calendar was the 25th. Uh, the solstice used to be the 25th of December, which is when we celebrate Christmas, and of course now it's the 21st. And the same thing with Easter, which used to be the pagan, uh, the pagan holiday of Ostara, which was a time of rebirth and, you know, life. So if you start looking into some of the pagan religions, you'll see that a lot of our traditions that um, we're considered to be Christian religion, Christian traditions are actually taken from the pagans. That, and the things that pagans were celebrating for 10,000 years before uh, the Christians ever got there. That's interesting that you acknowledge that. Are you, do you, are you not a, a Christian yourself? No, I'm not. Oh, okay. Would no, you? Just, are you a pagan? I'm, I'm an atheist, but I really, find, you know, I find, I find, uh, I find religion very interesting, and it's, you know, it's, it's always interesting to look into historical facts, and I think that um, the idea of celebrating the solstices and the equinoxes because they affect our lives. You know, I, w- I was raised in an agricultural background that that mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense. Um, than worship sure. of some, you know, deity up sitting in a cloud in the sky. Very interesting. How do you feel about the uh, the comparisons I was talking about between uh, the the old gods like Horus uh, and uh, and the Jesus? Well, I think we are repeating the same stories over and over again. And I think that, I mean, even in history, you hear uh, a lot of the same stories, you know, repeated over again and the same 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 things. And so, yes, I think probably they took. Hey, that sounded good. Let's put that. Let's incorporate that into our story. And, you know, you're right. You know, they do say the, they say borrow from the best, right? Yeah. Well, you know, but one of the things is is that I hope most Christians realize is that a, a person like myself, who's an atheist, I actually really support fundamentalist Christians and their rights to be able to homeschool their kids and teach sure. their kids however they want. Whatever they want to teach their kids is the truth. That's fine with me, and I and I would fight to the death with them for their right to be able to do that. Well, you know, what we've got today is a situation where the government has effectively pit interest groups against one another with the government school system, where the government says, okay, well, we can have one curriculum, and now you get to fight over what that curriculum's going to be. So inevitably, you've got the Christians fighting over the, uh, you know, fighting with the humanists over what, uh, what is and what is not appropriate to teach in government schools, and that creates this sort of uh, divide, this chasm, where there should be people just getting along with one another and educating their kids how they want to outside of the government system. We shouldn't even have this government system that's creating all of this strife. You know, you should be able to homeschool your kids however you want to homeschool them or send them to a school where they will get the education that you think they should get. And the Christians should be able to send their kids to a school where they can get the education they deserve. That way everybody will be happy and we won't have to fight with each other anymore. Well, you you know something? The problem with the school system is that they're trying to teach children morals. And my children should be, the, the children of an atheist should be able to go to the same school as the children of a fundamentalist Christian and not have any of the curriculum contradict any of what we're saying. They need to just be teaching the kids the facts instead of trying to teach kids morals and give them and teach them how to think. Well, see, it's pro- that's a problem. So, see, April, it's easy to sit there and say they need to do this and they need to do that. The only way you can ever get them to do that sort of thing is by spending thousands of dollars lobbying the school board in the hopes that they'll change the curriculum for you. Uh, it's very inefficient to do things that way and far more efficient to uh, just simply step outside of the government system and advocate its uh, its dismemberment, essentially. Right. 
basically uh, to you know to shut it down or better yet turn it over to the teachers uh, you know give the government schools to the teachers release the taxpayers from the burden of having to support this awful government indoctrination system and then let the marketplace decide how education should be run with a market pl- with a well, truly I, free market I, I in education we would that. have such variety so many choices just as we do as far as you know I can choose 15 different places to go and get a hamburger tonight the same way it should be for education April thanks for the call we appreciate it 800-259-9231 you know I'd have to agree completely we shouldn't they all the government should do is nothing they should get out of education and and let people go choose whatever they want to do if people want to go and to a school where all they teach is morals let them open up a school and do that absolutely if people want to go to a school where they uh don't allow Christians in or don't allow atheists in. They should be allowed to do that. But let's let the market take care of it. Let's get the government out of it. And let's not make people fund an education system that they don't agree with. Absolutely. Let's go to the phones and talk to Jeremy in Texas. Jeremy, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going? Great. Um, What's on your mind? Oh, I was going to... I looked up the Hebrew words for son and son online. Uh, There's an online dictionary. Okay. And uh, they are different... I mean, I'm looking at the actual Hebrew letters, is what at least according to this site. So they are different. So that argument probably would not fly, but the rest of the stuff I think is pretty strong. Yeah, it's uh, it's absolutely fascinating. Basically, I, the Gene was making a good point as far as the uh, the actual wordage that I chose, but all I was saying is that they simply uh, they simply changed roles as far as the position of the uh, the god that the religion is in. Instead of being the actual god, they changed it from being uh, you know from being the god to the son of god, and it doesn't doesn't necessarily have to do with the the English language. It just has to do with one of the minor changes or the minor tweaks that they made uh, before they put right. out the uh, the Jesus religion. Well, I mean, I, I think part of its problem is, I mean, especially when it comes to that documentary, is that it's um, it emphasizes that similarity. It's a good know, point. It, it tries to play off of that. There and you go. So, any yeah, other thoughts, it, Jeremy? It kind of discredits the uh, the DVD as a whole. Kind of like most a lot of the other conspiracy theories will, they'll play off of something like that. Well, you know, it's not perfect, but nonetheless, as you said, the other information is absolutely fascinating, and it all deserves to be considered, especially by those who have been raised in a uh, in a religion, in the uh, the Jesus religion, and uh, have have just taken it for granted throughout their entire lives. Why do you believe this? Well, it's because your parents told you to, and right. it's the same thing with government. Why do you believe that government is great? Well, because you know your parents, or why do you vote for who you vote for? It's because your parents told you to vote for them. No, usually most people don't put any more thought into it than that. Yeah, that's true. I have a, another question that's from a different topic. Sure. Um, this is uh, in regards to something that's been mi- mentioned on previous shows, the uh, legal concept of um, in- initiating discussion. Do you recall? Oh, yeah, and, it's uh, fascinating, fascinating. Uh, I don't know if you uh, – I was wondering if you know – could point me in the direction of where I could find out more information on how to apply that. Uh, go to thinkfree.ca. That's got uh, some great videos on it. Uh, thinkfree.ca. It's a Canadian website. And uh, Robert Menard, he's got um, some videos on Google Video. One of them is called Bursting Bubbles of Government Deception. The other one is called The Magnificent Deception. Just absolutely fascinating. More food for thought. More of this sort of same topic of the wool has been pulled over your eyes. And uh, good luck with that. Thanks for the call. More on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, 
Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want toll-free. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are for free, including live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both waiting for you for free at freetalklive.com. And now you can save time and money on common legal matters created by top attorneys. LegalZoom.com helps you create reliable legal documents like your will or living trust in minutes. LegalZoom.com. Use code FTL. That's FTL like Free Talk Live. FTL to save 10%. That's LegalZoom.com. As we go to the phones to the fun Ryan in Texas on the amplifier line, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. Now, usually when Gene talks, I just kind of tune out. But whenever he pretends to espouse logic, I just have to put my two cents in. Um, Let's have a little history lesson here. Let's think back about 2,000 years to the far east edge of the Mediterranean. That's kind of a crossroads of the Persian world, the Greco-Roman world, and the Egyptian world, right? Sure. Okay. Now, the Greco-Roman world worships who as sun god? Uh, Horus? No, Apollo. Apollo. Okay. See, I don't know much about the history and all that. The Egyptians have Horus. Okay. Now, the Persian world, that was Zoroastrian at the time... Their sun god is Mithra. What do all three of those have in common? Uh, I don't know. You tell me. They're all sons of the chief god. The whole sun, sun English thing is just a coincidence. But all three of the main gods in that region, all three of the main sun gods, were children of the chief god. So it makes perfect sense. There's no... There, there's no confusion about that. Oh, really? Okay, okay. So That's you're I, so you're yeah. saying that uh, they're they're all sons of the of uh, of another god that wasn't necessarily identified that was just a god. Well, the head god uh, Apollo was the son of Zeus or Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Um, Horus was the son of Osiris, the main god. Mithra was the son of Uhura Mazda. I see the head god. So they didn't change it then. So they didn't change it. They just they just changed his name. Exactly. Interesting. Any other points? That's it. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate the call and the clarification. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Shows what I know. Again, you know, I don't spend hours researching this stuff. Right. But nonetheless. To me it's all it's all just interesting. Yeah, they're just stories. Mm -hmm. Stories that people told a long, long time ago to give people something to explain. You know why this, there was this big ball in the sky at the time, and uh, explain the things that they didn't have the science and the scientific uh, understandings of at that time. And now, as as time has gone on and and science has advanced and explained many of what was previously unexplained, it has pretty much chipped away at the uh, the concept of religion and the need for religion. People are looking for answers, though, and I don't know. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But again, uh, you know, it's it's certainly possible. Free Talk Live uh, can be wrong, and so if you are looking for answers, you should do your own research and not rely on what you hear on this show. Uh, it's just something to get your juices flowing, something to think about. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's go to the world of Second Life. Now, if you're familiar with Second Life, you know that it's an online virtual universe, uh, a virtual world where you can create your own little avatar and uh, fly around and build buildings and do all kinds of uh, neat things. It's a pretty fun uh, 
simulation. It's not even really a game. It's uh, it's a simulation. There can actually be little games you can play in Second Life. But there's no end point to this game. Right. So. Uh, there's no goal. You right. just go in and socialize and, and do things. And so they call it Second Life because you can do pretty much anything you can do in real life in Second Life, in this virtual world. And that can include even, you know, virtual sex, as silly as that might sound, uh, or virtual gambling. And that's what this story is about. According to Reuters... Miss C jumped down a manhole into a sewer squeaking with virtual rats. She waded through waist-deep green sludge to emerge into her newest build, an underground casino equipped with state-of-the-art poker tables. You see, last month, in a story we didn't get a chance to report on, Linden Lab banned gambling in Second Life. Linden Lab is a company that created the simulation. And the reason why they banned it is because, as you may know, I think it was late last year that the U.S. government uh, rushed through a, an Internet gambling ban. Well, we got to protect those ports. Was it, wasn't it? Was that what it was? I think ports? it was snuck in in a port bell to protect them. Yeah, they tacked it on, they tacked right. it on to something. <laughs> and, uh, and so now Internet gambling, which was a pretty big business, um, has been shut down. The U.S. government has basically said that if a bank is found to have been involved, as far as a credit card issued by a bank, is found to have been involved in a transaction that sent money to an online gambling company, that they can get in trouble for that. So basically they've turned the banks and the money processors into their enforcers on this issue. And it's it's just bad news for freedom uh, in that there were lots of people that were, you know, there are excuses, of course, that some people will go too far. Some people will gamble too much. They'll mortgage their home. They'll sell their car. That sort of thing. But people can do that in Las Vegas and... Yeah, in reality, okay. it seems to be protectionism for the existing casinos as well as the state-run lotteries. Exactly right. But now, Linden Lab has banned gambling in Second Life as a result of the U.S. law. Even though Second Life is an international game, there are people in all countries from around the world that are playing it. Or they banned it because of U.S. law. Anyway, uh, they brought a thriving casino industry in their game to an abrupt end because you, under- you have to understand in Second Life you can take a U.S. dollar and you can convert it into something like 250 in-game Linden dollars. Uh, Linden, I think I think that's what it's called. Linden. Anyway, they've got this in-game currency, and so you're actually playing with real money. You're gambling with real money that you can actually take out of the game and convert back into real dollars. Yeah, there's people who actually make money at this. Not not so much, I, I believe. They're not but... making a living, necessarily, but they're having fun, and mm-hmm. they're providing the gamers with something to do in this right. virtual world, which it's obviously in demand because now it's gone underground, as does everything. It's a perfect example of how uh, the marketplace works. The marketplace is going to keep on going on regardless of whatever laws the government passes. And in this case, the legit casinos have shut down, and a vast network of illicit speakeasies have now sprung up in their place, providing gamblers with new places to play. Poker players in Second Life say anyone looking for a game can easily find one. Mr. Rockin, who is not giving his real Second Life name, says, Gambling still goes on here. Oh, yes, virtual speakeasy or, uh, speakeasies are popping up all over. He didn't want his first name used. Players typically find tables through messages sent out over pro gaming groups, word of mouth, or blog posts. Miss C., a Dutch citizen who declined to be identified due to the illicit nature of her business, ran a poker room before the ban, but had trouble competing with the larger casinos. When her competition closed up shop because of the new rules, she started reaping new customers. She said nobody wants to stop playing. C.'s current operation is on group-owned land, and she's building new gaming rooms, like the one in the sewer, uh, or other, on other sims. She, the idea, she said... 
is that if one speakeasy gets raided and shut down, that the others will keep running. And business is booming. Just since the ban, which is a month ago, Miss C has hired seven new dealers to handle the overflow traffic and reports that her profits are up by a factor of 20. It's good to be in the black market. She takes a rake or casino commission of 3% of every pot. So she just gets to sit back while her dealers do the work, and she gets a cut of uh, of all the business. I find this all fascinating. I've never been in Second Life, and I'm sure that there's a lot of people out there who haven't been in it. You actually, They're actually hiring these real people. They're real casino. Real people, yeah. Real casino people dealing out cards and doing all this stuff in a real black market casino. It's just all in a video game. Exactly right. That it's amazing, is, isn't it? That is so amazing. <laughs> Here, uh, now, now, casino owners who actually shut down their operations, you know, the law-abiding ones, they're outraged by the illicit upstarts, says one of them. Here I am, an honest person that follows policy, and I lose out because they, Linden Lab, can't enforce the rules they hand down. Uh, he used to have one of the biggest poker rooms in Second Life. Now every jokester that jumped on the bandwagon and bought a table and a little piece of land are reaping the benefits of Linden Lab's lack of enforcement. Oh, it sounds like uh, the policy in any black market. Robin Harper, Linden Lab's vice president for community and author of the anti-gambling policy, says we'll do the best we can to enforce the policy. Linden has issued more than a dozen citations for gambling, and Harper said repeat offenders would be banned from Second Life. Quote, as long as the servers are owned and operated by Linden Lab in the U.S., we need to make our decisions with respect to U.S. law, which I think is unfortunate. I think it's cowardly. I think that uh, they could easily just simply step back and say, you know, we can't control what our, what our users do. Uh, if you, the FBI, want to go and poke around in this virtual world and try to track down these virtual people and charge them with crimes, then why don't you go ahead and do that? More on the way you can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And, Toby? 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so do enjoy those on us. That, again, freetalklive.com. Come If you want to help support the show on a voluntary basis, we recommend that you go and shop with us at the Free Talk Live store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com. Uh, we just got in today our brand new Free Talk Live hoodies, which I've been waiting patiently for, and I'm very pleased with them. They turned out very, very nice. I saw that. It looks very nice. Yes. And, uh, of course, there's other merchandise, Free Talk Live t-shirts and hats, and uh, we've got uh, classic archive DVD collector sets. Uh, we've even got a lighter bottle opener combo unit. Uh, very interesting products, and they're all great. Yeah, so visit store.freetalklive.com and get your shopping done. That's store.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the amplifier line, talk to Jim in Second Life. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going? Great. You mean to tell me that uh, <laughs> you can't ban Internet gaming? <laughs> Apparently you can't. Yeah. Um, I, we've been kind of dealing with this issue because uh, I work for the estate man, uh, management company, uh, which the uh, Give Me Liberty Bar sits on in Sorens. And uh, we had a lot of people end up having to sell their land and uh, skip out. Some people just ended up abandoning their land and just kind of taking their losses. You're talking um, about the people that own gambling casinos in the online simulation Second Life? Yeah, a lot of them bailed out when the uh, first round came around, when the FBI came and just went to look around. A lot of people ended up leaving the um, <clears throat> leaving the gambling world right then and there. Hmm. Some people stuck around, but for the most part, everyone in our state pretty much saw what was coming and left. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. 
And they did this before with the uh, H play. I think you guys were talking about that earlier this year. Can you explain what that is? Okay, the H play is when the uh, is when people come in uh, to kind of kind of like the uh, virtual sex you guys were talking about. Only yes. they're there with simulated children. Oh, so adults were having sex with simulated children. Most, uh, all of them, you could pretty much say, were over the age of eighteen, and it was just kind of a little weird fetish thing. Right. Well, um, some people they've got you know weird fetishes, and this game has. Uh, I mean, pretty much in Second Life, you can create all kinds of. You know, object. You can create sex toys in this game and put them up for sale if you want to. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, it's amazing the amount of level of detail that this game allows its users to do. Second Life wasn't launched with all of these things in it. The users created all of this inventory. The users created the uh, the places that you can go and do these things. And the system allows you to pretty much create whatever sort of an avatar you want for yourself. Avatar being the uh, representation of you in this virtual world. So what you can do is you can go in there and Toby you said you've never gone to Second Life before. Right. So you go in there and you can select you know all kinds of... You could spend hours building your avatar. It's so detailed. It's, it's just mind boggling how detailed it is it was to the point where all i wanted to do is hit the randomize button until i saw something that looked good and i just went with it uh but you could really spend hours sculpting your avatar you can make your body a big body or a little body or you can you know have long long hair of all different sorts of colors you can have spiked hair you can have all kinds of stuff and uh, you can even make yourself into uh, a, a fox you can even furry. yeah you can even yeah, go furry. for the furry route and uh, and be this anthropomorphized animal if you want to and have a tail I mean so so of course it it's, uh, it makes sense that people could also be represented as children in this game and you're saying that there were people adults who were because there is also a second life for teenagers as well so right. it's like a second second life it's, where it's, it's only for, for teens. Yeah, it's for 13 to 17-year-olds. So um, you're talking about stuff that was going on in the adult version of Second Life. Yeah, the, the main grid, as it were. And what happened? They cracked down, and they said this this was not allowed anymore? Yeah, they cracked down and said it wasn't allowed anymore because, uh, I guess, I think it was Sweden and Italy uh, had laws against virtual child porn. So hmm. they decided just to get rid of the whole thing, and wouldn't you know it? They started making little underground groups and started talking about them, and they changed it from age play to role play, mm-hmm. and they started doing it underground, and they still haven't been able to stop it. Uh, but not all of the children you see in Second Life, the people with the children avatars, are into the age play. A lot of them are into just role playing as a child. In sure. fact, uh, there was one person I knew who had um, multiple personality disorder, and she had a bunch of different avatars, and one of them was a five-year-old girl to match her five-year-old multiple personality. You know, the fact is that Linden Labs, the company that created this game, uh, is it should not be their responsibility to police the game. I mean, there are thousands of people. What are there, a few hundred thousand people in at any given time in this Actually, game? Actually, we're up to 1.6 million, I believe. It just keeps around. growing. I mean, the amount of and that's those are people that are logged in. There are more than that as far as total membership, right? Uh, there's, I think, last time I checked, it was about 8 million uh, uh, users. But you really only want to look at the people who's logged in in the last 60 days. That'll give you a rough estimate, a pretty close estimate of who is actively in the world. It's just incredible. With with 8 million people or 6 million people, and you're getting into the millions of people like this, I guess anything you want is going to be out there if they can create it. And I guess... I'm going to have to log into this sometime soon it's because this neat. sounds fascinating. It's a lot of fun. If you go into Second Life, you really should go to the Gimme Liberty Bar, yes. which is where you're calling from right now. Yep. And the easiest way to get there is probably to go to the, the Gimme Liberty website, correct? Correct. 
So it's gimmeliberty.com. Uh, It'll tell you a little bit about what they do. But basically, you can actually go into this virtual hangout, and they they stream Free Talk Live in there six nights a week. <laughs> yes. So you can go yes. into a virtual room, talk to other people via your keyboard while you're actually listening oh, to Free Talk Live. Oh, we got voice now. You've got voice now in the game? We, uh, Second Life now has voice, so you can... You can actually speak to each other verbally. What's, and, cool. uh, What's this going to be Ron, like in a year? <laughs> the Ron Paul headquarters is actually downstairs from the Gimme Liberty Bar, so you can go and check that out. <laughs> Good place for it. That is fantastic. Yep. Jim, thanks for the call, man. We That's appreciate fantastic. hearing from you. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. So it's just a simulation that allows the individual user as much or as little control as he or she desires over his in-game experience. Um, you can go in, and one of the reasons why they'll never be able to rein it in is because it's, I mean, it's open to the public. You don't have to actually pay to go into this game and experience it. A lot of these online, massively multiplayer games that they have out there, like the Worlds of Warcraft yeah. and membership uh, fees, and uh, well, what's, what, EverQuest is another one of the big ones. They've got five to ten to fifteen dollars a month that they're charging people in order to come in and play their games. Second Life is completely free. You do need a credit card to get in, but that's just to simply prove that you're an adult, right? Because you don't give credit cards Mm -hmm. to kids. So you have to be an adult in order to get into the adult version of Second Life. And and so you just punch in the credit card number, and they they give you 250 free in-game dollars that you can just go and buy things with to explore around. Now, if you actually want to buy more things, then you'll have to put put some money into the game. And that's how they make, you know, that's how they make their money is when you pump your money into your character. And then you can go and you can purchase uh accessories for your avatar. You can actually buy plots of land in the game. In fact, somebody sent me a uh, link to a Business Week article about one of these real estate magnates in Second Life. Now, I had said earlier that uh, there's not a lot of people making a lot of money in Second Life, and that's true. You know, a lot of the people are just putting these uh, gambling casinos up for fun, you know, maybe make a few extra bucks, maybe pay for the cable modem bill or something like that, right? Uh, But there are some exceptions to that rule. According to this story from Business Week, Anshi Chung is the biggest real estate dealer in Second Life, and her Second Life, uh, she began two years ago. And she's amassed land and Second Life currency, which is convertible into U.S. dollars, that are worth more than 250,000 U.S. dollars. Wow, so she's not really too making shabby. a living. Yeah, that's not too shabby. In fact, uh, she uh, what, what does she do on a typical day? She says she usually gets up very early in the morning, then gets in touch with her sales team to finish transactions they prepared. After this is done and information is passed on to the billing department, I have to deal with many quality control issues with the development teams. Then I get in touch with my husband, who's managing our development team, discuss projects and the market situation of the day. I also spend a little too much time with media. And, uh, you know, she goes on to talk about how she's got uh, 10 people employed full-time in her new uh, studio in China. Uh, And, I mean, they're doing this real estate business online. They're not even selling actual real estate. They're selling virtual property. But they're still creating it, taking time out of their day, using their creativity to make this virtual land, writing programs and such, whatever, however you do that. There's this whole there's this whole economy in this inside this game that is operating without, you know, any governmental oversight or anything like that and I just think it's fantastic. And the world has not come to an end. No it hasn't. <laughs> now, of course, just like in the real world, there are some 
undesirable things that you will find. I mean, like he was talking about this age play, pretty weird. Or you'll stumble across. You could. You, you don't. I don't know if you necessarily stumble across these things. You can go and look for them. If you look for the furries, you'll find people that have uh, dressed themselves as foxes and other, you know, panda bears and other yes. uh, anthropomorphized animals. And you will find some of them. Uh, there are. There was this one furry bar that I went into just to see what was going on, and there was no naughtiness going on while I was in there. But there are these little positions, these little balls you can click on on the couch. That if you click on it, your character gets into this sexual position, oh and so you gosh. can just imagine what they're doing in there at some times of the day or, or the night. I've got to check this out. It's all but... kinds of craziness. Uh, hour three is on the way. You can take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Saggy Pants Band coming up. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features on the website, we give away, so enjoy those on us. That's freetalklive.com. On the way here, uh, we'll talk about health care, man that lost his leg without even knowing it. Uh, that's all coming up. Your calls as well about whatever you want. But first, to the area of Mansfield. I believe it's in Louisiana because it's from the Shreveport, uh, Shreveport Times. Mansfield saying, pull him up or pay up. That's Police Chief Don English's interpretation of a new law that takes effect in Mansfield on September 15th. Anyone caught wearing sagging pants that exposes his or her underwear will be subject to a fine of up to $150. Plus court costs, which, what's that, usually like 400 bucks or oh, something like that? They can range. Or face up to 15 days in jail over saggy pants. Goodness. Mansfield Alderman Monday voted unanimously and without hesitation or discussion to enact the law. Mayor Curtis McCoy said he proposed it because he was concerned about the number of individuals who wear pants that expose their underwear. The citizens well, of Mansfield, he said, should not have to put up with it. I'm just curious what constitutes underwear, because what if someone's wearing, like, shorts under their pants? Are they allowed to do that? I know someone who who actually wore shorts as underwear. Would that be constituted as it's their underwear? It is underneath know. the pants, so I suppose that uh, meets the definition. Interesting. They do not want your pants to sag, and if they do, you may be facing jail time or a $150 fine. You know, you got to wonder, this is what... <laughs> Don't they have anything better to do, these bureaucrats? I don't know. It seems a little bit crazy because if it's legal to walk around in your underwear so long as you're not exposing your genitalia, how can it be illegal to just show some of your underwear? It's legal to show all of it but not just part of it? Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not legal to show all of it. Perhaps uh, that it would be considered lewd or indecent behavior or indecent exposure. Well, I know that you're allowed to wear a bathing suit around and that's true. virtually... The same as underwear. Yeah, that's uh, there's an very little. Point. It's just semantics on what separates a bathing suit from underwear. So right. Why is it say? offensive? Why is it offensive if somebody's pants are hanging downwards, but not offensive if you've got a girl wearing a bathing suit or, or you know, I mean, many bathing suits are very, very revealing. Extremely uh, thong bathing suits, which I mean, you can pretty much see almost anything in that. I mean, 
why is there this weird stand double standard here? Is it because that only you know is it mostly guys that hang their pants low? I've seen girls with the you know the sort of the uh, the straps mm-hmm. that you can see because their pants are hanging a little bit low. They show off just the sort of the top strap of the backside of their uh, their underwear. Fifteen days in jail for that one. Uh, it's just it's just absolutely outrageous. Uh, they voted again unanimously. At least two Mansfield police officers are in complete agreement with the new law, even though it will literally add fashion police to their list of duties. Here's what one of the uh, police, co- one of the cops said, Sergeant Zamar Zamaripa. He said, quote, ever heard the word hallelujah? It's something I feel strong about, and I support the mayor on this. He and Officer Tony said there's hardly an hour of the day that goes by that they don't see someone with loose hanging pants and exposed underwear walking the city streets. Oh, so that means that this looks to be just another reason to shake some people down, harass them a little bit, maybe search them. The yeah. pe- People wearing uh, low pants may be a little bit more probable to be carrying maybe some illegal substances on them. And they'll be able to make $150 fines. Nice. Mm-hmm. Plus court costs. Uh, you, know, you don't think that might be what this is about? The fact that they're, it's so prolific that they'll easily be able to target many, many people and find them? And it's just another reason to target younger people, too. Another yeah. excuse to violate younger people's rights who typically don't know their rights. And that's... A really important point to be making here because, I mean, you just got out of college recently. You understand that here in Keene, New Hampshire, where we're doing the show from, that uh, college-age kids are disproportionately targeted by the police. Oh, yeah. They make it for easy targets. They don't know their rights. Not only do they not know their rights, but they're also not paying attention to politics. Mm -hmm. And I wish you didn't have to. I hate politics, and I wish I didn't have to pay any attention to it. But unfortunately, it's things like this... That these are perfect reasons why you need to be watching what these scumbags are doing. Right. These, if if it's really that popular that it, amongst young people to wear their pants um, sort of sagging, then if the young people knew about this and they're going to find out eventually, and it's not like they're reading these newspapers, so they don't know. Mm-hmm. But eventually, their friends gonna are going to get caught. Yep. If young people were to actually rally together and uh, get out there and vote out these scumbags from political office and vote in some of their own people that you know are going to come to the city council meetings wearing baggy pants, they could do that if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's hard, though, to get them to rally together. Right. It's hard to get anybody to, to ever vote. I mean, municipal elections are typically 5% turnouts, if you're lucky. But that's just more of a reason to do it, because it wouldn't be very difficult mm-hmm. to mobilize the amount of people that you needed to, presuming you could actually get them to mobilize. Anyway, uh, Tony and Zamaripa, the officers, agree implementation of the law might be rough at first until officers get direction on whether they're to ticket the violators on the scene or actually take them into custody until bail is made. They're still deciding on this, Toby. They're going to fill up their cells if they decide to arrest everybody. Yeah, well, you know, if they do, if they do decide to arrest them, then that gives them the reason to search their persons. Right. So they will have kind of a perverse incentive to go for, to push for arresting these kids. Whereas if they just ticket them, then they just get the ticket and they you know, might pay the fine later and it'll walk off. Either way, it's very lucrative. Zamaripa's method, uh, here's what the cop said in his brilliant southern way. Y'all get y'all's act together because we're going to have ours together and we'll be ready to go. The law makes it illegal to be found in, quote, a state of nudity or partial nudity. or So I guess that uh, I guess swimsuits are out now in uh, in Mansfield, Louisiana. Close the pools. Or in any indecent exposure of his or her person or undergarments, or be guilty of any indecent or lewd behavior. 
City attorney so-and-so said he researched state statutes and borrowed from a similar law adopted in the South Louisiana town of Del Camber as a guideline in creating Mansfield's ordinances. Several municipalities and parish governments in Louisiana have enacted similar laws in recent months. Uh-huh. Johnson said his only change was to omit a provision of Del Camber's law that made dressing in the dress of another gender illegal. So this law doesn't go quite as far as uh, neighboring Del Camber, Louisiana, where you cannot wear women's clothing if you're a man and vice versa. Love this free country we live in here. That's what I was just wondering. How do these pass the constitutional test to see whether this is a constitutional law? You have to understand, Toby. They don't have to pass a constitutional test until they go to the courts and they're challenged. I have to spend my money, thousands of dollars, thousands of my hours to go overturn this. And you know what? Most people won't do it because what, what's going to cost more? Paying the $150 fine or bringing this to the Supreme Court? Well, plus, uh, you know, the courts could very easily, even if you did spend those thousands of dollars, there's no guarantee you're going to win. The courts could very easily look at this case and they'll say, well, according to my study of the Constitution, Constitution doesn't say anything about your right to be naked. So, therefore, this law is constitutional. Rubber stamp. Move on. Thanks for, for, thanks for your time. You win nothing. Yeah, and you lose thousands. Uh, Johnson, the city attorney, says that uh, asked if that means cross-dressing in Mansfield is legal. Johnson said with a laugh, <laughs> I guess so. Veteran educator for, uh, who spends her retirement years working with the city's youth said it's unfortunate that a law had to be put in place on something that should be addressed in the home. But even she says she supports the law. Quote, I don't think people have enough pride in themselves to want to pull their pants up. I don't think they know that underwear means underwear. What's that mean? I don't have any idea. It's really, it's just a bunch of uh, Puritans. Yes. It's really just a bunch of Puritans that they, I, I think it's funny when kids walk around with the uh, with their underwear hanging out. I, I think they look silly when right. they do it. But this is akin to banning uh, mohawks because, well... You can make the argument that if you are going to wear your underwear hanging out, no one's going to respect you. No one's going to take you seriously. You're not going to be able to get a job. It's for the good of the children of Shreveport. Excuse me, Shreveport is looking at passing the similar law. So this, it's spreading around Louisiana. But As this is Mansfield. Typically does with bad laws. Right. So you could, you could make the argument that in Mansfield, we want our kids to be responsible, and we need to help them with our laws to help them be responsible. But can't we just let them learn this via trial and error oh yeah you know they'll they'll eventually see that that's not a cool fad right. i mean i think when i was younger i went through the pants low thing for a, a couple you? months <laughs> a couple months until i i got sick of it and saw that it, this isn't really cool but how many I had to learn it on my own how many 45 year olds <laughs> are engaging in this fad you know where does where's the cutoff date you know how what percentage of 30 year old males are doing this versus 20 year old males versus 15 year old males i think it'll go away on its own but no the bureaucrats need another law so they can find people and as you said have another excuse to harass young people in America. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. Inviting you to our website, freetalklive.com. The bulletin board system is there. We've got lots of posts. In fact, over 250,000 posts. There are over 1,600 people interacting. Serious issues and fun stuff. You'll find it all, and it's all for free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. 
The Republican Liberty Caucus welcomes new members in pursuit of individual rights, limited government, and free enterprise principles with the GOP. Visit rlc.org and click on Join Us Today. We'll find liberty together. That's rlc.org, 800-259-9231, talking about Mansfield, Louisiana, and uh, Shreveport is looking at the same law. Del Camber also has passed a similar law that has outlawed saggy pants. Now, I myself have never engaged in the saggy pants thing. I always thought it was silly, even back when... I mean, it's been going on for years now, over a decade at least. Oh, yeah. I and thought I was one of the first to do it, so I did engage in it <laughs> at first, because we invented it. Come on. Yeah, at least you thought you did. Well, yeah, of course. It was just we thought we did. <laughs> uh, and I th- always thought it was silly, um, and many, many people think it's silly, but apparently some people take it very, very seriously, and they want to pass laws against it. Here in... in uh, or not here, but in Mansfield, Louisiana, it'll be $150 plus court costs... And perhaps even up to 15 days in jail if they don't pay those fines. Uh, you're going to put people in a jail cell because you might be able to spot a little bit of their underwear showing? Are you kidding me? Let's start people in the system early just for a fashion trend when they're younger. I mean, if if this is where I started in the system during that couple-month period where I was foolish enough to think it looked cool for me mm-hmm. to wear my pants a little low, and that put me in the system... I don't know where that could have possibly led my life today. I mean, if I start there and I get this grudge against the government when I'm younger and I just keep on falling into the law over and over again, that could be the lead you into the trap of never getting out of the system. I can imagine that, you know, I am so jaded against the government as it is today. If I'd spent time in jail, I'd be even I might even be a mad bomber or something like that, you know, (laughs) because I would I would hate the I would absolutely despise them if they did something like that to me. And so all they're going to do is create people, uh, create animosity, create this sort of us versus them mentality, which is is so propagated in this country today because of laws that are uh, that are victimless crimes laws like this one i mean there's no victim here i don't care if you're offended it's for the children ian for the children go somewhere else avert your eyes put on a pair of sunglasses you don't have to look at somebody's underwear as they're walking down the street i mean while we're at it why don't we ban the trucker hats i think those look stupid too okay you know all these kids that the trucker hats are for truckers you shouldn't be wearing a (laughs) trucker hat unless you're a trucker and so we should make it so anybody that's caught with a trucker hat is subject to a 150 dollar fine i mean that's how asinine this is mark joining us here in studio i am here in case you haven't figured it out we're talking about another law that has been passed this time in another louisiana city banning Saggy pants. Pan. Saggy pants. Pan. Yeah. And now Shreveport's looking at the same law. And well, the, uh, the, well, the one difference, though, is uh, Mansfield's law doesn't ban cross-dressing, which in, uh, in apparently Docamber they have banned. So now you can no longer wear women's clothing in Docamber, Louisiana. Or men's, apparently. Yeah. Does it work yeah. both ways? Uh, yes. Uh, my question, yeah. my question um, on this would be, I remember when I was uh, younger on, on cross-dressing, when I was younger, the... Uh, I don't have a good cross-dressing story. Uh, in, <laughs> in middle school, um, the girls used to wear penny loafers like the guys did. Everybody wore penny loafers with a penny in them. Hmm. And uh, so I would consider penny loafers to be male wear. Are can, those shoes? Yes. Okay. Uh, if, if women wear men's shoes, can they be ticketed under this <laughs> I don't law? Know. I don't know. It's subject to the uh, officer's right. interpretation. That's the, that's the problem. That's the problem. When you make a law that's subjective and that the public can't... That's the first and primary problem 
um, when the public can't figure it out. Secondarily, it, you know, if it's a stupid restrictive law, that's that's the next step down. But uh, the worst thing is when it's just subjective and people don't know the rules. You know, I'm so upset because when we were on the break, there was a call that had come in from somebody in California who actually supports this ban. He dropped off the line. I would so love to talk to somebody that is in support of this ban. I mean, how uncreative are you? You're so awful and uncreative that you want to threaten people with jail time and fines for dressing differently than you would have to choose them dress. Right. I mean, please. Society does have, um, has its own strictures on people wearing their pants saggy. Try going to get a job That's or keeping exactly a right. good job wearing saggy pants. You simply can't do it. You can't sell advertising for a radio <laughs> station um, having you your... You laughed out of people's offices. Absolutely. I've, I saw You'd it happen. you if you're there to clean the pool or something. I've seen it happen. Um, the promo guy that uh, used to work at the rock and roll station that you and I worked at, the promotions guy, he'd go and set up before you know for remote uh, broadcasts and that kind of thing, and then the DJ would come in, he'd do the thing, and the remote guy would do yeah. all the other stuff. That guy went in, and I believe he had an earring in at the time mm-hmm. to talk to the sales manager about possibly moving up from his position to sales. And she said, get out of my office. You know, he had yeah. an earring in. Get out. You're, you're not welcome here. Yeah. She, she, you know, there was, no, there was no discussion at all, whatever, about getting a job. The problem will take care of itself. People will move on with their lives. They'll get older and see that their fad wasn't as cool as they thought it was. Absolutely. We wore parachute pants back in the 80s, and it was a bad idea. (laughs) 800-259-9231 is the toll-free number. Let's go to Coffee in Illinois. You're on Free Talk Live. Coffee. Good evening. Good evening, sir. What's on your mind? Well, it's a kind of a generational thing, you know. Back when I was a kid, the ripped pants thing was kind of shocking, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. Who would wear ripped pants? I and mean, now it's in, right? Now, uh, oh, now yeah, actually it, was in, it was a statement. But what right. I want to know is, what's the statement behind the underwear thing? I think um, that uh, the idea is is that we're from a we're from a social class where we get hand me down hand me downs. Um, this is what I've heard from hmm. a black guy, so therefore I feel like it's on authority, right? <laughs> um, we're we're from a social class where we have to take hand me downs, and these are the sorts of hand me downs that we would get. So we wear our pants. Big. And we can't afford a belt. And now, of course, they go out and spend $80 on big pants, pants that are well, too big. I, I see a lot of guys walking with their hands in their waistband with their shirt up like they got a gun, you know? Mm-hmm. And I see that as a statement, and I understand what that's about. But the whole the whole underwear up thing, I don't get that. Yeah. Um, uh, now, there's a generational issue. There's two things that I see. Number one is, you know, we're in a police state, obviously. Sure. You know, if if you can tell somebody else how to wear their pants... If you're right. not in a police state, you're right. in the same zip code. <laughs> no, we're talking about a constitutional issue. It's your, it's your free speech. If you want to walk around with your underwear hanging out, it's your business. I'm with you, Ian. I think it's, you know, dude, you know how stupid you look with yep. your underwear hanging out, but, you know, it's, I'd, I'd be willing to fight for you if it comes to it. The marketplace will handle it. Right. But the issue is, when I was growing up, and, and the other issue is, when I was growing up in the 60s, there was uh, standards and practices that watched over television. You couldn't say... You practically couldn't say darn on TV. You know, you have to go to dinner and that sort of thing. This this kind of thing wouldn't have played back then, and it plays now. So I think maybe there's a lot of mindset from back then that says, okay, that's the vulgarity. But you don't hear that word anymore because, mm-hmm. you know, you'd, you'd hear it a lot if it was 
really applied correctly. So people are worried. You're saying that people are worried that uh, society is sort of spinning down into this uh, spiral that uh, we'll never be able to recover from, and that in ten more years everyone will be wearing saggy pants as they're doing business. Uh, well, no, it's an overt sexuality that its time is not convenient, I guess, for the people who are making this judgment. Well, they may be coming from a mindset from back in the 60s where the standards and practices were more narrow. And they're, they're willing to enforce it by the point of a gun. That's the sickness part. Thank you for the call, Coffee. And the guy who called in to defend this law is on the line. Hopefully he'll hang through. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark. You can join us online, freetalklive.com, the place to go. Shrine of female listeners there. We've got dozens and dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove that they listen to the show. You can see what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That is shrine.freetalklive.com. Uh, all right, so we're talking about this uh, situation in Louisiana where town after town are are passing these uh, bans on saggy pants. Now, I I don't think this is the smartest thing for kids to do. That is, walk around with their underwear showing. It's not going to be very good for their careers if they're trying to get a job. They probably won't be successful at that. Not while uh, their pants are hanging around their butts, but they right. can change it relatively quickly. And that is my point, is that let's just let nature take its course. Let the marketplace act on these behaviors, and let social ostracism be a factor here, uh, and let's just let people be ostracized if they don't, you know, if you're offended, as many people apparently are, by seeing people's underwear hanging out, then just simply ostracize that person, and eventually they'll change their ways. But apparently some people disagree, including Richard in California. Uh, Richard, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. What's on your mind, sir? Okay, well, first off, you kind of compared the... uh the saggy pants thing to like the punk rock of the eighties. And I object to that because I I was a old school punk rocker from the, the tri state New York area. And what we did was different back then, man. No, it was. How so? It was. And I remember I remember gosh, I remember when hip hop became you know, started to be. So it's two different things. Where I live the only people I see wearing saggy pants, I mean, the way you guys make it sound up there, like it's a bunch of white boys running around, and this is like some law to oppress, like, suburban Well, brats. up here it is, because that's mostly yeah, what they're where are. I live in California, the people you see with that <clears throat> look like, you know, there's no social ostracism with them, because they don't care, and it's like they probably have a gun. And, you know, they tend to intimidate you. And probably what's going on in Louisiana is, like, you had the hurricane, and they brought all the Latinos in, and now the gangsters are in there. Do you think that and you're going so, to eliminate gang- gangsters by eliminating <laughs> saggy pants? Is that what you're suggesting? Well, people are pro- it's probably starting me, because in California, the, the Latinos are killing the blacks and are pushing you, them out of L.A. Okay, are you no longer the same person because you've shaved your mohawk? Well, I'm just saying it's a gang uniform. Wait a minute. Are they less likely to carry guns and be gangsters because they can't hang right. their pants low? It's right. just a law to go after the gangsters. Like, but hold on. Don't you think that, that if that law is successful and they do go after 
a, a dozen gangsters. Um, they lock up a dozen gangsters or give them tickets or whatever it is that they do, that the gangsters will likely find a different uniform, as you called it, and we'll change... Go back to bandanas. Yeah, they'll, they'll change to something My else and still be gangsters? three this year in shootouts with the police, these I'm saggy so, pants types. I'm, so, I'm sorry, what was it about the saggy pants? They sh- the saggy in pants shot town, the police? In my town, the police have killed three in shootouts with these saggy well, pants. Well, that's because, because of their pants? Just, that's because when you're wearing saggy pants, it's hard to run. So as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> maybe we, we should, should keep them. Yeah. They're, right. they're also a good way to identify people, right? No. If, if it's the, the gangsters are the only ones wearing these saggy pants, don't you want to be able to identify them? Why don't we go after gangsters who've I'm actually committed you, crimes? I'm, I'm not telling you whether it's right or wrong. I just say it's the public reacting to this Latino gang. No, it's not the public that is reacting. Like impressed by the media. Latino. This is, hold on, just a second. It's about hold on, Latino. wait a second, wait a second. The now let's suppose that I'm in your sure. town or whatever town this is, and I decide for whatever reason, as a 37-year-old white guy, that I want to wear my pants baggy. Do you think that the public is um, is the public then justified in going after me? Because they I, will. I, I personally, I personally don't care. I'm just telling you that that's probably what what is bringing this right. law. And now. I'm telling you, it's a bad law for that particular action. If right. you want to outlaw, not, though, Lam- if you want to outlaw Latinos, pass a law that says like we don't allow Latinos. You know what? You and know, then if, we'll and then we'll know exactly what kind of people we're the, talking about. If the issue was gangsters, then they would be talking about this. Then the the bureaucrats in Shreveport and in uh, Del Camber and all the other towns in Louisiana that have passed this law, in their justifications for the law, they would be saying this is clearly a sign of gang activity, and we are going to use this law to shut down these gangs. And that's not what they're doing. They're they just saying they are like offended. That. They're just the saying they're offended, sir. That you're reading this on just probably isn't saying that, but the local people. Who, who got that law, who went out and petitioned and walked the streets because they were fed up with the culture coming into their area. Do you think it's a good idea to outlaw um, Latinos in general? You betcha. Yep. I mean, I live in California. I hear you. I see good what, call, Mark. Happening. Good call. I can tell a bigot when I hear one. You betcha. Okay. Thanks for the call, bigot. 800-259-9231. And the fact is, I don't know. I don't know what the history of baggy pants is, but I'm pretty sure. Sh- I don't know. It, was it created by Latinos? I don't think so. I think it was the rap culture, wasn't it? I, 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 I'm In sure the that, late 90s. I'm sure that it? currently there are Latinos that are wearing their pats, pants baggy and ones that aren't. There's and some there's that wear uh, Wranglers with, uh, you know, uh, straw hats and... And big belt buckles. Right, and there's plenty of white people that do it too. This is not a gang issue. It's an issue of some people get offended when they see other people's underwear. If this was a gang thing, then the cops would be talking all tough about how this, yes, this gives us the ability to crack down on the gang problem here in Mansfield. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, I It's a poor way to, to crack down on the gang problem, as far as I'm right. concerned. But they're not, even used, they're not even coming close to bringing that up. Let me read. Here's, here's another excerpt for you uh, from the Shreveport City Council, which is discussing the ordinance. One of the council members says, I think it's important for us to speak on behavior. Sagging pants is one of the things that concerned Mr. Lester during his time as a public defender. He says, it's not something we'd like to see happen. He's not talking about gang bangers and violence. He's saying that he doesn't like seeing it. Mayor Cedric Glover, quote, like most folks, I'm offended by the young folks in the city when they choose to wear their pants in that fashion. He's offended. That's what's going on here. It's a bunch of Puritans that don't like the idea that kids are wearing their pants low. It has nothing more to do with anything else. Cedric Glover is the gentleman's name? That's correct. I don't want to draw any conclusions, but Cedric Glover sounds like a black man's name. So, I mean, apparently this isn't a racially... It's Louisiana. Of course there are going to be black people in, uh, in county government. Sure there are. 
So this is a, this is, has nothing to do with race, and it has everything to do with age. It's ageism. 1-800-259-9231. Let's go to Johnson in Connecticut. Johnson, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, hey, you know, what I wonder is, uh, you know, I, I always like to think of ways that uh, you could cause trouble and, and make this into a uh, a sticky legal battle just to uh, anger the people who are responsible for these dumb laws. Mm. And, uh, you know, the thing I immediately think is, of, of, I think of two things. One, well, as soon as the underwear is showing, it's no longer underwear anymore, is it? It's out of where. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, and at that point, it's just clothing, you know, because it's showing. And so what does showing mean? Does that mean just a, a little strip? Because I know that must happen to me at some point when I'm um, working, you know. You should have least, your shirt tucked at in, At the very sir. least out in the yard or something like that, that likely my under, you know, the, the ridge of my underpants shows. I know it happens when the plumber comes in to uh, work on my house. Uh, Fifteen days in prison, buddy. Crazy. And then the second thing that I would think of with the underwear is, you know, what if, for example, I mean, I know we don't have this as a product yet, uh, but what if, for example, they were wearing Free Talk Live underwear that said freetalklive.com <laughs> right at the top of the uh, underwear, or if it said, you know, uh, you know, vote vote for liberty or, you know, wh- whatever. It okay. had a political message on, on the top of the underwear so that that would show, and they were making a political statement. Isn't this, and in, uh, in fact, then, wouldn't it be abridging uh, their freedom, freedom of speech? Uh, it presumably would be at that point, yes. So, I mean... The problem here is, Johnson, as as I'm sure you know, that um, when it comes to the people that pass these laws, they don't take any culpability whatever. Um, You know, they they pass the law, and then the taxpayers have to pay to prosecute the law, like it or not, and the only person who gets to fight it is somebody who apparently has um, a lot of money and a lot of time to uh, go ahead. Well, that's not necessarily true, because I'm sure that this, like it was in the past when they tried this law in the past, the ACLU took it up as a cause because it is, in fact, a violation of freedom of expression, and it's... It, it will be challenged constitutionally as it was in the past, and they will lose because court precedence has already been set that says that you cannot abridge someone's freedom of expression in this fashion. This isn't a private school. This is a town. You can't set a uniform dress code where everyone has to be walking around in well, uh, you know, in shirts and ties and whatever else. Apparently they, they have, and the ACLU would need someone to challenge this before they could get involved with well, it. And many of these young people don't have a lot of money, and they aren't uh, well uh, educated on the law, and they don't understand their rights. And I don't know when that's going to happen, but I hope you're right, Johnson, that it does. Thank you for the call. More on the way. You can take control. Free Talk Live. The show is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll free line. It's Ian here with you. And Toby. And Mark, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. You like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we invite you to become a Free Talk Live amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, and the idea is a simple one. Uh, the idea is you send in three bucks a month, and we take it and turn it around into promoting Free Talk Live, to getting the show on more radio stations across the country, and thereby spreading the message of freedom and liberty as far and as wide as possible. So if that interests you and you want to get your hands on a few perks, like access to the amp-only call-in lines, forum, and chat room, and more, go to amp.freetalklive.com and get signed up. That's amp.freetalklive.com. Speaking of the amp call-in line, let's go to George in D.C. You're on Free Talk Live, George. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Well, two things. One, um, I finally got, got my own little police horror story, but before we go there, real quick, I just wanted to, uh, I sent in, uh, posted on a BBS a um, picture of a perfume bottle that we confiscated that looks 
just like uh, four sticks of dynamite taped together with the fuses and all that. <laughs> that look on, on our supervisor's face and then the look on the cow's face was priceless. That's hilarious. Did that, did that person, uh, was that person subject to any extra harassment as a result of that? Um, no, because at the same time, it's like we knew it was a, it's like at the second glance, at the second glance, we knew, we realized, okay, this is a perfume bottle. But you took but, it anyway. Yeah, well, yeah, because it was over that three and a half ounces. Oh, I see. It was in a carry-on bag. Gotcha. Yeah. And by the way, TSA, George works for the TSA. I can't say I would feel terribly bad for anybody who comes on with a perfume bottle that looks like four <laughs> sticks of dynamite and get, they get a ticket or something. I'm sorry. I, you know, <laughs> she, she didn't get a ticket or anything like if, that. If, if you're coming on with what a, it is obviously meant to be a fake bomb and you're, you know, Trying to get that on with your carry-on. It's a fake bomb. It is a creatively designed perfume bottle. (laughs) Look, I'm sorry. You know, what if she creatively designed, uh, you know, a whole wrap of uh, (laughs) fake dynamite sticks around her midsection with a with a fake timer and a fake push button? It's a fashion statement. Yeah, I'm sorry. I I was so tempted that when when they pulled it out, I was so tempted to go, "Hey, boss, catch." (laughs) <laughs> now that would have been funny. Yeah. Anyway, you gotta keep, uh, you're not allowed to be funny in the TSA line. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah, true. that's true enough. Um, and I had to remind myself that you know I had to catch myself with that. Yeah, it's, you know it's bad for us because we're only you know have to go through a line like that every three months, two months, or something like that, and I can't be funny just there. You can't be funny all day, and that just stinks. Oh, tell me about so it. So what happened, man? Police story. Give it to us. Okay, this was about two two weeks ago almost, but I, and I was doing about whether to. Um, bring it up, and anyway, I get I was checking out some new park and ride thing that was under construction, and then the cops, um, some cops see me there, like, and they said I was trespassing for saying to pull me over and stuff. And this couldn't have happened at a worse time because earlier that day I had my car stereo uh, replaced. I put a navigation system in there mm. and uh, all that, and I still had my old stereo. Uh, sitting in sitting on the floor in the back of my car. Mm-hmm. So when the cops said that saw me there, that was probable cause to search me right then and there. What? Yeah. So he's wait, like, so Hispanic a Hispanic guy like, with a uh, with a car stereo. That's enough what? reason, huh? Yeah, yeah, car stereo. Between that, and he's like, um, uh, we just had um, several over, over like the past few days. Um, Several cars got broken in with their stereo stolen, and they see this old Pioneer head unit sitting <laughs> in my back seat. You know, <laughs> plus me driving around this um, construction thing, just look, looking at this um, new, new um, parking ride being built. Right. And um, so they put two and two together and, and, thought, and thought I was a thief. So naturally, they were searching. They, search, they patted me down and all that. But before they did that, um, I put, you know, that Eugene Siler audio thing? Yes, uh, Eugene Seiler, a uh, drug suspect who was beaten senseless by a bunch of cops that went out of uniform to his house and uh, tried to extract information from him. We actually played the audio on the air. Yeah, that audio was my secret weapon against the cops. I I actually saved that on my thing and put it on my iPod, which is hooked up to my car stereo, and had that track playing while they were searching my car. Are you kidding? That's awesome. I I I asked you not. What What was their response to that? I go, well, this is like, um, what, why, why are you so um, resistant on searching? It's like, well, how, and I'm like, well, how do I know you're not going to plant something in my car? You know? I mean, I, I, I see cor- hear corrupt cop stories all the time, you know, so, and um, they're like, well, have you ever um, had something like this happen before to you by a Fairfax County cop? And they're like, I'm like, well, no. And then it's like, well, there you go. 
Well, there, that's, that's <laughs> all the, the better reason why we should be able to search your car. It's never happened before. Yeah, tell me, tell me about it. But, yeah, between that and the fact that I was keeping my eye on them, probably kept them from planting anything, and they did not um, tear my car up at all. That's I just, good. It just a little mess in the trunk that took me 30 seconds to... Um, Put, put back together and well, you, you, I think you probably did better uh, than average because you showed them that you were somewhat knowledgeable about uh, about the law and about your rights, and that might have been one of the reasons why they didn't go as uh, as harsh on you. Yeah, that and that and probably between that. Oh, and they also I had a um, radar detector, not legal, but they didn't take it away, and a um, expired tag. And amazingly enough, they did not write me a ticket for it, probably wow. because they want they, they wanted to convey that thing of well, we're not bad cops, so hmm. they didn't. They just you know said get that tag um, updated. Now wait a minute, it aren't expired. now hold on a second. Radar detectors in Virginia, I know they're illegal to use, but are they not also illegal to possess? No, they're not because um. Mainly because Virginia is the only state that outlaws it, as far as I know. And because of that, many out-of-state people who are passing through are going to have it. Right. So the the way they see it, it's not illegal to own. It's not illegal to possess it. You just cannot use, use it. it. I believe it's and the it, same way in New York State, as a matter of fact. I think the, Virginia is no longer the only state on that uh, Oh, really? But, but, yeah, like I said, just as long as you don't use it, you're fine. And even if you did, they don't take it away. It's like a $50 fine. Very good, George. Good. I'm glad you got out of it in one piece. Thanks for the call, man. We appreciate no the story. 800-259-9231. Uh, Toby, you had a quick one for us with uh, just a bizarro story from, was it Japan? Yeah, it's just really interesting. This from the Daily Telegraph. A Japanese biker failed to notice his leg had been se- severed below the oh knee God. when he hit a safety barrier and rode for two uh, miles, leaving a friend to pick up his limb. The 54-year-old office <laughs> worker was out on his motorcycle with a group of friends in the city of Hamambatsu, west of Tokyo, yesterday when he was unable... I thought it was a bicyclist, which would, was even stranger. You right. know, like it would be hard to pedal <laughs> with only one leg. Okay, uh, I feel a slightly better about this story. Still... A little sick to my stomach. Yeah, it's a it's a little weird. When he was unable to negotiate a turn in the road and bumped into the central barrier, bumped into, I'd say crashed into, mm. he felt excruciating <sighs> pain but did not notice that his right leg was missing until he stopped at the next junction. The man oh my gosh. and the, the man and his leg were taken to the hospital, but the limb had been crushed beyond repair. Gosh. Can you imagine? I mean, ah. it, it didn't work out this way, but can you imagine if you were on this motorcycle, if you were this guy, you ran into the side rail or whatever it was that took his leg off, and you kept going... And then your buddy comes up from behind you, waving <laughs> your waving leg your in the leg. air. Hey! Forget something. <laughs> That's got to be a lot of adrenaline rushing through his body. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, to not, you know, like... Shock. Oh, yeah. But how can you just bump into something and not notice your leg missing for uh, two that, miles? That is bizarre and everything, but yeah, I'd like to... This I'm not a fan of motorcycles. Just not a fan. They're dangerous. Um, and you know, here here's just a little little a weird story. Just a little more proof why you know if he'd have been in a car, he'd have had a scratch door. Yeah. Instead, he's got no leg. All right, and he can't put it back on because it was crushed. That's my, how badly it. My dad dr- drove a, a motorcycle probably every day of my um you know youth, and I don't think he ever had an accident. Lucky. He was really caref- careful, careful, yeah. and you know that's part of it. And the other part is luck. 
I'm sorry, you know, it's just the way it is. I drove a motorcycle for a couple of years. Did you? Yeah, just well, not safe. In a place like Tokyo, though, it's probably really good to get around on the streets. Yep. Parking's probably around, a lot yeah. easier. I certainly understand. There's been times here in uh, Keene where I don't think there's a motor vehicle that has ever gotten above 35 miles an hour. Um, where it would be really cool. <laughs> oh, the cops do. Julia's seen them speeding oh, well, down West that's Street. That's true. The cops do uh, yeah. speed down uh, any street they possibly can. They stomp at it. But, you know, no, no civilian. No, no, right. no. None pers- of us regular folk. Right. They don't do that. So, you know, I've thought about getting a scooter or something like that, but yeah, no. Speaking of the cops, I'll be going out uh, tomorrow morning here in uh, Keene, where one of our activist friends in town has refused to pay a U-turn ticket. You know, I mean, in your local area, there are probably a handful, maybe more than that, of no U-turn signs that are just posted in the most useless arbitrary, asinine places. Right where you need to make your U-turn. Right. And there's no reason for it. I mean, there's no reason for the the signage except to simply control people. You could make the argument that some no-U-turn signs exist because it's a dangerous area to do a U-turn in because of whatever factors, you know, people coming out of a shopping center or whatever. I don't know what the reasoning is. Well, it's it's annoying to the people behind you, too, if you're just sitting there waiting to make a U-turn in (laughs) a bunch of oncoming traffic. I I can see that. I can see where you're coming from on that. Um, I remember one down in Sarasota, which was, there actually was a turning lane and no, a no U-turn sign there. So there are some of them that are just totally asinine. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he didn't pay the fine, so we're going to go out uh, with cameras to the courthouse, and uh, he may be getting arrested and thrown in a jail cell because he made a U-turn. That's quite the principal stand. I'll uh, give you the update on that uh, tomorrow, and uh, until then, we'll talk to you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.